Hey, it's Shelly. Welcome to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast, the first episode of February 2021. And wow, it's not every day that a girl gets to interview her idol. And I got to do just that a few days ago when I had a really wonderful conversation with Donnie Simpson, who was one of the biggest influences over my TV and radio careers. And we had such a wonderful, wide ranging conversation. I was telling Donnie, listen, Donnie, there's a whole segment of your family base that only knows you from watching you on BET's video Soul, they don't even know that you've been on the radio since you were a teenager. So we talk about his Hall of Fame radio career. We talk about video Soul and his TV career. He tells us some amazing stories. One thing to know about Donnie is he's got some good stories, some great stories, and he will tell them to you and they will amaze you. Stories from his personal and professional lives and, and, and stories from you know, artists that he's had the chance to hang out with or interview. You're going to love those. He even reveals some stuff to us that you may not have known about him. For instance, he carries this thing around in his wallet every day that a superstar artist gave to him in the 90s. He reveals what that is. He also reveals the surprising thing he does every night before he goes to bed. You don't want to miss a single second of my conversation with Donnie Simpson. I'm going to present it to you just after after I remind you, excuse me, to um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I drop new episodes every Tuesday. And you can also watch the video version of my conversation with Donnie on my All the Rage with Shelly Wade YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to that as well. Also like my All the Rage with Shelly Wade Facebook page. Follow me on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. On Twitter at Shelly Wade. Don't forget that Shelly's spelled with an E-Y. And bookmark my blog at ShellyWade.com. Again, Shelly's spelled with an E-Y. Without any further delay, I present to you my amazing conversation with the great Donnie Simpson. Hi, Donnie. Oh, wait a minute. Let me make sure I can hear you. Okay. Oh, I can. I didn't have to push anything. Hey, Shelly. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so excited that you agreed to do the uh, podcast with me. I'm like, I just want to want to take this moment in for a second. <laughs> take it in for a second. <laughs> oh man, please! It's an honor to be here with you today. So, are you calling me from home? I see a snowman in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that that's my buddy. All my grandkids love that guy, so I keep him in here from uh, like a couple weeks before Christmas till my birthday, which is Saturday. <laughs> oh my God! Your birthday is coming up. What are you? Yeah, gonna yeah, celebrate? two days. Huh? What are you gonna do to celebrate? Sit at home, stay out of the way, like I've been doing for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that I know this. Um, you know, pandemic has been so disruptive for us all. Um, um, one of the things I love about listening to you most is when I hear you talk about your family, um, your uh, wife, Pam, your two kids, your grandkids. What do you have, six now? Yeah, wow, yeah, you're up on it, six. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I love me some Donnie Simpson. So, oh, that's um, great. It's just really, it's really sweet when you talk about your family. How have, how have you guys been holding up um, during the pandemic and um, how's it affected your life so far? Wait, is this part of the interview? Are we doing it now? We're talking. Yeah, we're just having oh. a conversation. <laughs> so this is part of it? Yeah. Okay, because I was like, you know me, I'm like, man, save all that. Let's do that for, for real, for the show. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so how has it impacted us? It's, it's, uh, 
You know, it, it's hard in some ways. Um, you know, I love my family. I love my grandkids and mm -hmm. you know my daughter and my son, and I, I just don't get to see them much. You know, yeah. or when I do see them, it's from afar. You know, yeah. and I mean, like for Christmas, they did come in the house, but we try to maintain distance and your mask and everything. You know, you try to be as careful as you can. Yeah. Um, but, you know, no hugging and all of that stuff. So um, that's tough. You know, I mean, all humans want that physical contact, you know. Yeah. And uh, so so it's really hard. And I felt so, so bad for my wife, the because um, we have uh, our youngest grandchild just turned one. Oh, wow. Uh, last Saturday. Oh, wow. And uh, so for pretty much the whole first year of his life, she couldn't hold him, Aww. you know. So, you know, and I said, feel sorry for her because I don't hold him till he turns six. <laughs> you know, <that's> my, <laughs> it's just too fragile. I'm afraid I'll drop him. You know, when they're that little, it's like, oh, my God. You that's know, hilarious. Like the day they're born, I'll hold him. She'll prop me up in the court like I'm a kid, you know. <laughs> and I'll hold him for like two minutes and then here. I just... <laughs> I'm just scared. They're so fragile, yeah. you know? So, 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 so that's tough, you know, but then in some other ways, man, I think about it like, uh, like the brothers in Detroit used to say, you know, when they're telling us to stay out of the way, I'm like, man, I'm a brother from Detroit. I know how to lay in the cut. <laughs> you know, it's like we used to say back then, man, it ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and I don't, I don't mean to minimize it in any way. I mean, yeah. you know, of course, we got 430,000 people dead now, you know, so, I mean, it's a very serious thing. Um, but, but I feel very blessed mm -hmm. that I can do what I do from home. You know, I think about all the people who have to take those chances. Yeah. You know, so that, you that have, have to go to work every day in order to make it. And, yeah. you know, and they're around people every day, mm -hmm. you know. You know the healthcare workers, man. That um, you know, watch this thing in their hospitals all day, every day, losing patient after patient, and then have to come home and worry that maybe you're bringing this into your household. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, that's tough. So, you know, when I look at my problem of just staying out of the way, mm -hmm. um, that's easy. That's easy yeah. compared to what so many other people have to do. And so you've been doing your show from home um, for how long? Yeah, yeah. How, how long you've been doing your show from home? Uh, since March. Yeah. I mean, you have an over, how many years has it been since you've been in radio now? I know over 50 years. How, how, what's the exact? This number? is my 52nd year. Wow. I started that. in 1969, me and the Jackson Five. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I have to imagine, Donnie, that this is probably the most disruptive um, it's been for your radio career, right? Have, have you, you've never had to be away from the studio for that? Well, at least oh, the, no, no. the station no, for no. that long, right? No, we'd never had, never had to do that, of course, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool though. It's, um, you know, I like that when I finish, uh, the only traffic is if I run into Pam in the hallway, you know, that's, <laughs> That's, that's traffic. <laughs> and that's not a bad traffic jam. <laughs> no, it's not. It's good looking traffic, you know? So, um, you know, but the, so, so it's cool. It's convenient. I just go upstairs to my other office and do it. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. But the, the thing that I miss is that personal contact of being in the studio. Um, you, can't see facial expressions and stuff. You know, it's like they wanted to do it via uh, FaceTime. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I, you know, 
I haven't had my hair cut in three months, six months. That's why I got my Detroit Lions cap on now. You know, <laughs> I want you to see my afro. Uh, but um, so I miss that, and so much of the show for me, the way we do it now, in order for me to for us to have conversation, I can't hear the music. Oh, yeah. So it's muted while we're talking. But I want that because so much of the show comes from us sitting there talking. And I go, oh, wow. Let's, oh, don't say nothing else. Let's, let's use that. Let's, that's really good. Let's use this. Yeah. Let's do this. You know, that's, that's how the show happens for me. Yeah. But by the same token, it also happens like that musically for me. Mm -hmm. You know, that I'm sitting there and I'm grooving and it's like, you know, whatever's playing. And I'm going like, wow, you know, be really nice right here. Man. Uh, let's do Golden Lady, Stevie. Mm -hmm. um, whatever. You know, I'm a look out the window kind of guy. I, yeah. I've always been like that. I want to feel the day because every day is different. And I hope that doesn't sound weird, but it is. Every day is different. Computers can't program music for today. Mm -hmm. Only humans can feel the day. There's a spirit that exists that we're all connected to. You know, I remember back in the day when I was at Kiss many years ago. Uh, doing mornings mm -hmm. and once an hour we were in the basement mm -hmm. and uh, it's a very nice basement it was owned by NBC so I don't mean to make it sound like <laughs> when when like the basement in the Temptations movie you know uh, but but once an hour I used to get up and go outside and walk around the building mm. to feel the day yeah because there's certain songs I'll play on a nice sunny day that I won't you know you, you know it's just I'm, I'm that kind of guy. So, so, so that is the problem for me. Being in a studio, I get both. Mm -hmm. We get to sit there and talk and I get to hear the music. Sometimes yeah. I'm taken too far away from the music and, and, and I don't like that. You know, that's yeah. a big part of what I do. You know, I've always felt that it starts there for me. I'm a music guy. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm a DJ, you know, I'm a, I'm a DJ, you know, I mean, I know we went through all these changes. People wanted to, you know, I'm a, air personality, a radio person, you know, whatever, man. People on the street call you a DJ, you know, and yeah. I know it's different now because you get real DJs to yeah, do that thing. I can't, DJs. Man, I can't do that. <laughs> I grew up in a record shop. My mom would kill me if she heard me scratching records. <laughs> You're scratching that record on purpose? Right, what? <laughs> All I can do is play one for you. I'll play this song in its entirety. Then play another one. <laughs> That's the kind of DJ I am. Johnny, was that the digging through the crates thing? <laughs> oh yeah, man, digging through the crates. Always been like that, you know. And um, I was talking with a friend about this yesterday. Just how blessed I am that um, I still get to dig through the crates. <laughs> you know that no one gets to do that anymore, and that's that's sad to me that yeah. jocks don't have freedom. You know, no, I'm, I'm not sure if a lot of uh, radio people who might be, you know, listening or watching us right now realize that you actually still get to choose your own music. That oh, is yeah. unheard of. Oh, I know. And I know. It's non-existent. It's, it's what a wonderful thing to be able to do. I know. I know. So I'm very happy that I came along when I did. Mm -hmm. Uh because I was able to establish myself to still have that freedom after all these years, mm -hmm. you know, but back in the day, that's how we all did radio. You know, I mean, we all came in with a satchel full of records, you know, show prep for me 
was going up to my music room. <laughs> going, Man, I'm gonna play this tonight. I'm gonna drop this. You know, I mean, album cuts. You know, I'm gonna play. Uh, wow, let's see. You know, I, I'm gonna play the stylistics, but I'm gonna play something really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. That I would go deep in the album cuts and stuff. I would, you know, and nothing's changed as far as ears or people with the ability to pick hits. The only thing that has changed is that radio doesn't allow, allow them to um, to do that anymore. And that's unfortunate that there's so many young people out there now that have great ears mm -hmm. uh, that will never get to express themselves musically. Yeah. And that, that's crazy to me. That's sad. You know, I mean, you know, but consequently, that's why you people always say, you know, man, they always play the same 12 songs, you know, that kind of stuff. You yep. know, I don't want that to ever be said about me. You know, I play different stuff, man. I stretch out. I, man, <sighs> I mean, and I worked on black stations all my life, but I have played everything from B.B. King to Jimi Hendrix to Garth Brooks <laughs> to Vladimir Horowitz. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, everything, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, it's just, and it's not like it's all the time. I mean, for the most part, yeah, it's Jimmy and Terry's, the Isley Brothers, the Smokey and Marvin, you know. Um, but I always have to have that freedom to stretch out, to do, you know, and, and it's all in how you present it. You know, I know programmers get scared when you stretch out and play stuff that is outside the norm. But, you know, it, it's, it's how you do it. It's yeah. it, like in London, they call them, presenters not mm -hmm. djs mm -hmm. and that's very good because that's really what it is you know it's how you present it if i say something very cool to you that makes you interested in something even though you haven't heard it you're probably gonna listen you're gonna give it a try you know yeah. i might even tell you you may not like it i may tell you that before i play it that you may not like it. that's mm -hmm. honest mm -hmm. you know i mean i always feel i always i'm always honest on the air you know i always felt like if you if you're that person that everything is great. Well, I remember when I was programming and the record promoters would come in and, you know, you had the guys, man, check this out. They got 30 songs this week, 30 new songs. Every one of them is great. Please, <laughs> you know, the guys that I respected would be the guys that came in and said, look, man, check this out. I don't think it's there, but you might like it. Yeah. You know, that's honest. You believe. So now I have. Tr so there are times when I say, you know, I'll do that on my show. I'll play something. I never liked that song. You know, <laughs> but it's a hit. <laughs> you know, but it's a hit. People like it. I just, it just wasn't for me, you know. Yeah. And I imagine, Donnie, um, that because you're able to play your, you know, choose your own music, you probably like. If I'm on a shift, I'll probably play one song like two, three times <laughs> during a four or five hour shift. You yeah. probably don't repeat a song in a week no. sometimes. Wow. No, I don't repeat. Boy, that's amazing. No. I used to in mornings, I would repeat sometimes in this, maybe twice a morning, mm -hmm. some of the hotter songs because your audience changes over so much in mm -hmm. mornings. Mm -hmm. You know, you got people that get to work at seven, those that get there at eight, and you know, that's their routine. So they, they only hear the six o'clock hour to seven, you know, so it's different. Uh, but in the afternoons, I'm on from three till seven. Mm -hmm. It's different. The uh, time spent listening is a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so I never repeat a song twice in a show in the afternoons. Yeah. 
And the thing I love about afternoons, I should say this, is it's like I always love mornings. Well, you know, I love whatever shift you put me on. Mm-hmm. Um, but mornings, the thing I love most about mornings was that I got to play golf all day. <laughs> you know, I get off at 10, I'm at the golf course at 1050, play till dark <laughs> every day. And you're not Except exaggerating. For Saturday and Sunday. All day. All day. Except for Saturday and Sunday. That then I get there at seven <laughs> in the morning and play till dark. So now I can't do that being in the afternoons. Uh, so I don't go at all because in the mornings anymore on weekdays because I'm so used to playing all day that I could easily get 18 in, but mm-hmm. um, I'm used to going around and around and around. So I don't want to go when I know I have to leave. I love this thing that much. I'm so addicted to love, to, to golf, that I don't want to leave her, you know? <laughs> so, so I don't even go see her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask you that. How was how, how the pandemic? Because I know you're an avid golfer. Um, yeah, yeah. How has the pandemic affected that? Yeah, well, I still get to play on the weekends. I mean, it's the perfect sport for distancing, mm-hmm. you know, especially for me, the way I play it. I, I don't play with anybody anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> my scorecard is like my report card when I was a kid. D- does not play well with others. <laughs> <laughs> I play by myself. I'm telling. I put my headphones on, and my foursome. It's me, Marvin Gaye, Elton John, and Stevie Wonder. You so know, you have a whole crew of people you golf with. That's it. I'm good. Wow. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I mean, 99% of the time I play by myself. Okay. I mean, I do have friends that I play with on occasion, but 99% of the time I play by my. And I, I've always been like that. Okay. You know, okay. I like to really focus in and just. You know, it's not a social time out there. I'm out there. I'm trying to hit it for real, you know? (laughs) And um, so, but I I wanted to say this, that what I do like about doing afternoons as Mm -hmm. opposed to mornings Mm -hmm. is that I get to paint. In mornings, it's so busy. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, one or two songs, commercial, another song or two and news and then traffic and all this stuff. In afternoons, I have blocks where sometimes it's 35, 40 minutes Mm. of music. So I get to paint. Mm -hmm. I get to set a mood, you know, to make it flow the way that I want to. And I like that. I like that because I'm still a DJ. Yeah. You know, that's what I like doing. So um, how far in advance do you choose the music you're going to play? Or does it kind of like oh, pop up at the top of your dome? Usually about, uh, here's what it usually sounds like in the studio. I'm like, Rick, let's play Stevie. Ain't no use. We only got eight seconds. You can make it. <laughs> <laughs> Rick's got to be on it. <laughs> oh, you got to be on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. You got to be on it, man, because I'll, I'll call for it like that. You know, I will have just called for something else, but then I'll think something else will fit better. Okay. You know? So and, you're, just um, like a, you're just kind of like a jazz musician kind of uh, improvising, you know, and, and totally. you're not like ahead of time, like, I'm going to play this today, no. you know? Okay. No. okay. no, totally, totally doming, 100%. Just okay. boom, let's do this right now. Let's, you know. Maybe something in a song that triggered a thought about another one or something that I wanted to say or something we just said in the studio that I think made, well, you know, a song would set this up, you know, just whatever, it, you know. And, 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 and I have to thank God for giving me that. 
Um, you know, every day before the show, I say a prayer. Mm-hmm. And the last part of that prayer is, you know, I pray, I ask Lord, the Lord to, um, to help me connect with this city in the way that only you can. Let's get together, make it do what it do, Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we do, you know, and the guys, there's so many times when things will happen mm-hmm. and they'll go, there wasn't nothing but God there. Yeah. I said, I know, I know, yeah. I know. That's, that's what I pray for, that yeah. he gives you that connection in a way that, that only he can. You know, I mean, when, when, when it's perfect, when things just worked out, work out perfectly, then I know, I know who's behind that. You know, he just, he just has perfect timing. Yeah. And I recognize that when I see it, you know, just yeah. perfect. And so, you know, so that really does help me a lot. You know, uh, he, he, uh, a lot of it is just channeling. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, you know, the idea of, of what you're saying, you know, not only, you know, that, you know, God moves through you and works through you, but also just the opportunity for self-expression. You were saying, you know, yeah. like you get to paint. I mean, you know, you're a creative person. You want to be able to express yourself. And, and as you were mentioning earlier in today's uh, radio climate, it's so hard for kids to do that because, you know, we're so focused on promoting this thing and promoting that thing and, and um, you know, um, talking five seconds at a time. You know, you don't really get to express I know. yourself and it just seems like um um uh, it's got to be just thoroughly um it's got to be just um you have to feel a sense of um what's the word i'm trying to get a sense of um gratification from the mm-hmm. way you get to express yourself i am well i mean yeah i'm, I'm spoiled <laughs> because it's always been that way for me yeah it always has been you know, since day one, I've had that freedom. And um, so, yeah, it's gratification. But at the same time, it's frustration that others don't have that freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just hate that. You know, I, man, I remember when uh, when I was God, very young, when I used to listen to radio, when I would travel. And I couldn't wait for wheels down and... Houston or LA or uh, New Orleans, Chicago, Philly, wherever I was going, pull out my transistor radio. As soon as those wheels hit, man, I wanted to hear what they were doing there, you know, because all of these cities had a different vibe, had a different feel. The music was different. You know, now it's so homogenized, you know, it's all the same to me. And, um, you know, I, I just, I think that that's unfortunate. I think, you know, and, you know, what happened was, you know, when all these conglomerates bought up all the radio stations and you got all these, you know, it used to be, uh, they used to have the, what was it called? A three, three and three, one, one and one, whatever it was mm-hmm. in, in any market, you could only own one AM, one FM and one television station. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when they dropped that rule and you could buy them all up, <laughs> it became a different thing. Yeah. So, you, you know, instead of having one program director for that station in Houston, you know, now you've got one program director who runs 30 different radio stations, yeah. you know, yeah. with sometimes with the same music log. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's different, you know, and um, I understand things moving on, but, but that one I hate, you know, uh-huh. I don't, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I grew up in the time that I did. You know, it was, you know, it was so much more fun. You know, I, I did this um, one day, uh, Jay Stevens, who was our, yeah, God, I I'm so bad with titles. I, I, I know Jay, he was, I don't remember all of his titles, but. He's executive vice president of okay. programming for all the radio one stations yeah. or something okay. like that. Okay. He you. asked me to come to this conference that they had. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are probably three, 400 programmers there. And um, he wanted me to speak. He was going to do an interview with me one-on-one, -on -one, just okay. me and him. And um, it was weird. I mean, leading up to it, I'm like, why would he ask me to do that? I'm like the biggest anti-programming guy you ever saw in your life. You know, so I was even stressing out the morning of as I'm driving over there. And finally, I said, well, you know, what are you stressing about? Just do what you do. You, you're going to be you. Just be you. and Just yeah. tell it like it is. So. You know, I mean, I was very open with them, had the same kind of conversation I'm having with you, even though I know they are the people that have these controls that I fight against. Mm -hmm. um, but at one point, I just said, I just yelled out, let my people go. <laughs> <laughs> and they laughed. I mean, they loved it. But okay. you know, I mean, and I was talking, this, but this became the headline from it because I remember seeing this in um, some different uh, radio articles. Um, they said, the headline was Donnie Simpson says radio has lost its balls. <laughs> Did you actually say that? Oh, yeah, I said oh. that. absolutely because they have. You know, I mean, everybody so scared in this business, you know, jocks are scared to express themselves like you said, you know, because you're worried about some program director coming in with a stopwatch saying that was 12 seconds. Yeah. So who are you talking to now? You're talking to your program director, not your listener. You're more concerned about the program director. That's crazy to me. You know, program director scare, every, even management, you know, every because so one, everyone's so concerned about ratings and the bottom line and, and because that bottom line has shrunk, mm -hmm. okay? That there's not as much revenue as there used to be um, because of the internet, you know, when that happened people found an alternative way to advertise. Mm -hmm. So that whole uh, uh, advertising-based model suffered tremendously. Mm -hmm. Radio, television, well, radio and TV were lucky. Print was the one that really suffered. Radio and TV was suffering losses, pay cuts and all of that. Print was shutting the doors. Yeah. yeah, that's how bad it was for them because that model was then broken. So. So that I think had a lot to do with everybody just being scared. And, you know, so th that was my thing is like, you can't do this in fear. You know, you gotta believe in you and, and not be afraid to express yourself and, and do what you do. You know, I was talking about how I go into my radio station now. I said, when I arrive at the station, I can't hear the station until I get into the studio. Mm -hmm. You know, the lobby, may as well be a dentist's office. Yeah. There's no music playing. I said, radio stations used to be a special place, man, when people used to come in there. It's like, wow. It's like, it had a vibe to it. It was cool. It was progressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, that we need that again. You got to be progressive. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, who was it that said this? It wasn't me, but I love the line. It's like, he said, Donnie, you, you, you push the envelope. I lick it. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I know. 
Maybe it was Howard Stern who said that. I'm not sure. It may have been Howard who said that to me. But um, I'll tell you one thing I don't do know that Howard said that was so cool to me. We were hanging out. Me and Howard had been boys for 40 some years. Mm -hmm. And um, so one day I was hanging out with him. I had done my show from New York for a week. And uh, so after the show, I decided to go by just to hang out with Howard, you mm -hmm. know, to see him. And uh, it was so it was such a cool day because my sidekick, um, Chris Paul, was a comedian. Mm -hmm. um, Chris couldn't stand Howard, right? Hated Howard Stern, you yeah. know? And I said, well, you know what? If you like hating him, then don't come. Because if you come, I'm telling you, you're going to like him. Yeah. Howard's cool people, man. Yeah. And he went with me. In five minutes time, he loved Howard. <laughs> he loved Howard. But in that conversation, one thing Howard was saying, Howard said, Donnie, isn't it amazing that these people pay you all this money to do this and then want to tell you how to do it? Mm. I said, ain't that, that the truth? Say that again. But you know what, Shelly, I'm telling you, I, again, I'm spoiled. I'm blessed. I don't, they don't bother me. Yeah. They don't bother me. I don't, um, I don't have meetings. I don't, I just, it, that's the way I have it set up. That's the way it has to be structured for me to, to operate. I don't, I do what I do. I do what I do. If it doesn't work for you anymore, let me know. I'll grab my records and go home. I'm done, you know. It does. And, and I did that for five and a half years. I know, I like, you went on retirement. It's like, what? Yeah, well, that was the issue. You know, that was the issue. Because, okay. Was All right. these years, you're gonna, you wanna take control of my show. I mean, it says in my contract, every one of them, what happens during these four hours is up to me. Mm. Period. Love that. You know, so you're, so, you're saying you don't have air check sessions with your programmer? No. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm glad. I, I mean, I'm blessed that I don't have to do that. I just, um, I don't know. I, I couldn't even imagine that. I just couldn't yeah. imagine it. It's a, you know, so you, you, I don't know. You know, you, you may be able to tell me how to do something better. I don't know. Um, Nobody can tell you how to do Donnie better. You know, well, that. see, that's, that's it right there, Shelly. That's it right there. That. You know, I don't consider myself the greatest, but I do consider myself the best version of me. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, nobody can do this, can do. You know, I, I always felt like there were a thousand people out there waiting to take my job, mm -hmm. that 500 of them are just as good as I am. Mm -hmm. The other 500 are better. Hmm. The only thing I can beat them all at is being me. Yeah. You can't beat me doing that. Yeah. So I be me, you know? And uh, so, you know, every day, I mean, the first thing I pray for in that prayer I told you about is to make me great, that I want to be great. I always want to be great. That everything I'm connected with, I want to be great. Um, but that does not mean perfect, mm -hmm. you know? I don't have to be perfect. I do have to be me. Yeah. That's the thing that really connects. I mean, there's so many days where there are things that, you know, I'll leave going, God, that was really bad. That was, you know, I don't like that. I didn't like this. I don't. But I had a great time. Overall, the show felt fantastic. You know, we, we're good. You know, um, I remember having this conversation with Frankie Beverly about how he, he said with music, you know, that there's so many times that, you know, he'll leave something in a record that <laughs> when he used to make records, it's been a while, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> um, that 
he knew that he didn't like, that was wrong. That, but if the overall feel of the song is right, then you leave it. Yeah. It's just, it ain't that important. You, the feel is what's important, you know, yeah. as I'm a feel kind of guy. So that's, you know, so that's the way I feel about it. But, you know, Shelly, even when I was a program director, I was, man, I'm telling jocks would love, you would love working for me. Yeah. No hotlining, you know, and for those watching who may not know, that's when the program director has own private number. It's a hotline. So, I mean, it even lights up in case you're talking on the mic. So, you know, you're getting checked on something today. Yeah. Right. And, uh, which is the worst just, thing because you don't need anyone calling you and interrupting you during the show, breaking your flow, you know? Well, that's the way I felt about it, Shelly. I, I would never hotline my job. Never. Never once did I do that. If I called you during your show, the conversation would be like this, generally. Yo, Kevin, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. Cool, cool. Man, I just haven't seen you in a while, man. I just want to call and say, what's up? Yeah. You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, man. Love you, bro. Oh, All right, baby. Later. I love that. That's it. That's it. You know, I would hear things that were wrong, but to me, for me to call you and check you, uh, there's no one who knows it was wrong more than you. Know. You know that more than me. Yeah. You know, and you feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. You know. So, but when I call you, then now, like I said earlier, you're talking to me. You know, you're worried about that light coming on, about that phone ringing. So now you're you're trying to please me. I ain't got nothing to do with this. This is between you and your listeners. Take me out of this equation. I want you connected like that with them. This ain't this not me and you, you know. And uh, so that's the way I always was. I just I never. Well, you know, again, that comes from growing up under all that freedom that I had, you know, and, and I believe that you hire good people. And let them go. I know, Donnie. You if you've hired good people, you, let them go. You hired me because you thought I had the personality or talent or whatever you look for. So why try yeah. to then change me? Yeah, right. Well, a lot of that times that's people trying to justify their jobs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, I'm just a freedom kind of guy. And I just wish that people had. Uh, more. Yeah, let me just tell you a real quick story. When, um, I don't know the year, but was it, it must have been 74, 75? Elton John had uh, the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album now. Uh -huh. And my boy, my best friend, who was also a jock, he was on in the afternoons in Detroit from um, four till eight. I came on from eight to midnight. Mm -hmm. And um, so he had turned me on to Elton. So every night, after the show at midnight, I can't believe I used to hang out after midnight, but we used to go by his house. We're sitting there, we're listening to Elton and I fell in love with Benny and the Jets. Yeah. And um, I was scared to play it though, because black folks didn't know Elton, you know? And so I, for a week I kept, ah, man, finally I said, I'm playing it. Mm -hmm. So I went on there and played it twice that night. And the reason I played it twice was because it was jumping off the hook from the first time I played it. Wow. I mean, unlike anything I have ever seen in my entire career, it was that immediate. Mm -hmm. The next morning, the morning DJ, Al Perkins, calls me at home, wakes me up, 7.30. Donnie, what is this song you played last night? Jenny and the Nets or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you got to bring it down to me. I had to get in the car, take it down to the radio station so he could play it. 
All right. In two days time, Elton was on the phone. Elton called the radio station from London. What is this? I hear Benny and the Jets is breaking black. Wow. Couldn't believe it. You know, wow. I mean, he, he and it meant so. Did he call you in the studio? No, he called the station. I didn't talk oh. to him. He called um, through the through the switchboard. Okay. Got the station's number, talked to the program director, uh, you know, but um, I did talk to him later because six months later, he came, he uh, flew in to present me with a gold record for it because it become it became his biggest selling single ever wow. at that point, you know, and I didn't know until much later, but it also was because it meant so much to him. He loved black music and he always wanted to be accepted in that market. And yeah. that gave him that. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, the day I met him, I mean, for him to come to, I mean, he held a press conference with, I mean, that's Elton John with, holding a press conference to present me with a gold record. Everybody was there. Yeah. I mean, the media was, it's the, it was like the biggest thing that ever happened in my career. Wow. It was unbelievable. And wow. it's all because of having that faith in yourself and stepping out and saying, I'm gonna play this, I like this, you know? So I tell that story only to say this, that when I think about it, it saddens me because people today don't get that opportunity. Yeah. You know, that you don't get an opportunity, you know, to, to do what you do to, you know, to me, that's part of being a DJ. I'm supposed to expose you to different stuff. Yeah. You know, check this out, you know? So, you know. So yeah, that, that was really big for me. We hung out for three days. I mean, Nelson was, was my boy. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. So I, I, I'm just realizing through the whole conversation so far, we've been talking radio, radio, radio. There's a whole yeah. segment of your fans, Donnie, that they probably didn't even, even know, know you did. Let me, let me just say this. When I told my uh, family that um, you had chosen me for the voice of your new syndicated show, and we'll talk about that later. Um, um, my brother was like, is Donnie Simpson still doing stuff? And I was like, it occurred to me, you know, because I know I, I've told you already that you were one of the biggest influences on my media career. And I know what you're doing, but it occurred to me there's a whole segment of people because they know you from watching Video Soul on BT that they only think you're a TV personality. They don't know yeah. that your whole career began with radio and that you are still doing radio to this day. You were just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year. I'm sorry, the Radio Hall of Fame last year. Year. And hello, I was really shocked when I heard that they were inducting you last year. I was like, why isn't Dunny already in the Radio Hall of Fame? That was, <laughs> that was astonishing to me. 2020? That should have happened a long time ago, first of all. But well, secondly, you. you're welcome. And secondly, um, there's a whole segment of people who don't know you as a radio personality. So um, <laughs> let's kind of rewind and tell people how it began in your hometown of uh, Detroit. Um, tell everybody how you got into it. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, it is interesting because I've always experienced that. I mean, that I would travel around the country and it would just blow me away. The people, but I had no idea. You do radio? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, television is my side job. That's what I do for fun. So you were um, still on the radio when you were doing video so? Oh yeah. Every day? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I was doing mornings, every morning. I would do that and then I'd 
uh, from six, six till 10 in the mornings. And then I would go over and do video soul. In the early days, we did it from one till three in the afternoon live. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then for a period, it was from three till five. And then at the end, it was at night, which had a lot to do with why I exited. But okay. um, a lot of people um, have no idea you were doing radio and I know, TV I know. And it's so funny because again, that was my bread and butter, you know, that, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, for me, um, I started in 1969, as I said, the year the Jackson Five started. And um, great year. Um, that was yep. the year of Woodstock. That was the year the man um, stepped foot on the moon. Great year. That's and right. Matthew Simpson started his career. <laughs> That's right. And the Miracle Mets for the baseball fans. Um, but I, um, I, I didn't have any interest in radio. That wasn't not wasn't something that I was thinking about. My first ambition in life was to be a Baptist minister. Really. Really? Yeah. Well, I did hear that your mother owned a gospel um, record store. Yeah. Well, it's not just gospel. I mean, it wasn't just gospel. Okay. Just so you BB King and James Brown too. They, oh, they all okay. make money. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she specialized in gospel. She. Okay. Yeah. So, so later. So is that yeah. was that your influence for wanting to be a minister? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I grew up in my mother's record shop from the from the she opened it in 67, 66 when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I was always around music. And um, so, you know, and I had an uncanny knack for being able to pick hits. You know, we, me and my brothers, we always have a contest. Like, we, you know, we get new music in all the time. So we play it and go, you know, so what do you think about this, blah, 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 you know? And I would go, yeah, well, I think it's, uh, I think it'll go top 10 R&B, but it won't cross over, okay. Yeah. I mean, and I was always right. You know, I would always hit it, you know. <laughs> so from an early age, it's like, that's what I was doing. But again, no interest in radio uh, until one day, uh, this guy, Al Perkins, whom I mentioned earlier, who did the mornings on WJLB in Detroit, came out to my mother's record shop to do a live broadcast, a drum up business. And it was a Saturday afternoon. He did the show for two hours. And um, I, he invited me into the booth. They had a, it was a, like a portable, huge truck that drove up with, you know, glass panel studio. And um, so I went in and he let me announce the specials. Uh, you know, um, don't forget, we got the Temptations Greatest Hits on sale for $2.99 this hour, blah, blah, blah. Not, with, I had that, deep, not with that voice. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I had a deep voice. Even my voice okay. changed. Yeah, my <laughs> voice changed the summer... Uh, after seventh grade, between seventh and eighth grade, that summer, my voice changed, which I hated because uh, this, the year before that, I was the only male first soprano. <laughs> and I liked that because I got to sit with all the girls in the choir. Right? <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> and I love finding out that you're in the choir. Yay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so come back and I'm this baritone, you know, so... Um, <laughs> But, but so, so anyway, I, I did the specials. And, and even prior to that, people used to always come in the record shop and go, you sound like a DJ. You know, you ought to be a DJ all the time. Okay. It was in one ear, out the other. I wanted to be a Baptist minister, inspired by the Reverend Cleophus Robinson of St. Louis, Missouri. Oh. who used to come to our church once a year and do a revival, you know, and I just loved him. Yeah. And um, so, um, so this day I do that. And then people came in because they heard me on the radio. Man, I heard you on the radio. You sound just like a DJ. It's like, wow, wow. 
So it started registering, right? So, but the thing that really triggered it was I'm in that booth looking at Al. He's got his headphones on and he's grooving to the music, man. I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, I'm like, man, I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> and I fell in love with radio that day. Okay. That day, from that moment, just watching him. And um, so I joined this group called the WJLB Soul Teen Reporters. They had uh, one student from each public high school in Detroit. They came into the radio station once a week, recorded a 60 to 90 second spiel about what was going on at school. You know, we got, you know, seniors, don't forget cap and gown measurements for next Friday. We got a bake sale Tuesday. Our school beat Pershing High 56 to 42. You know, uh, number one song is, and the lovers of the week are, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, so I, the day I recorded my first report, and it was the very first meeting I attended. They accepted me because they didn't have a student from my school. And uh, the DJ who was recording, his name was Cat Daddy-O. J.U. Mumphrey was his real name. J.U. Mumphrey, Cat Daddy-O, tracking on your raggedy radio. <laughs> he was so cool. I got a lot of my style from him, really. Because he was mellow, you know. He was like Snoop, like, like Biggie, you know, just... <laughs> I like that cool flow. You know, there was another guy that was influential, but off air more than on air. You know, Ernie D, the king of cookery, cooking on my stoves of two. One is electric, one is gas. Put them together, they are set to blast. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, I'd rather track it on your raggedy radio. You know, that's, that's just, so, um, so anyway, Cat records me. I do my first line. And he stops the machine and he just, I mean, I'll never forget it. He's got his glasses on it, on his, on his nose. And he's just, he looks over his glasses with his mouth open and he goes, you have got to be in radio. Oh, like that. It. I love it's it. It's like from the first sentence I ever recorded. And that was just magical to me. What, what encouragement. So, so anyway, I, you know, I do the, do this report. We do these reports every week. And uh, again, they're only a minute to 90 seconds long. They run once, maybe twice a day. Mm -hmm. All right. I became so popular. It was crazy because I was this kid with this heavy voice. I was more popular than most of the DJs. Wow. From one minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so they started putting me on on weekends. Uh, I was 15. I did Saturdays from like noon to three or four or something like that. I don't know what time. And uh, that lasted for about two months, maybe three months. Mm -hmm. And um, and then they told me that they wanted me to sit in from eight to midnight for the next week because mm -hmm. they'd fired the guy oh. that had the eight to midnight slot. So, so we need you to sit in for, for one week to give us time to find somebody. I sat there for seven and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if you think that that was kind of calculated. Did were they? Did they have you in mind for it? Any all the time? All the wow. All the while. I, I never thought about it. I don't know. It sounds I, like you know. I took them at their word. They were looking for somebody else. Mm. I don't know. Well, either way, you were meant to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way it happened. I mean, it happened so fast, and I was so blessed. I felt, you know, especially at that time, because I remember thinking like, 
wow, when, when I graduate from college at uh, 23, um, I will have had eight years experience on air in a major market. Detroit was fifth largest market in the country at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, what a candidate you would be. I mean, most guys at that time were, you know, 23, they're just, they get just coming home from the now, man, trying to figure out what they're doing, you know? And um, I was blessed already have that focus, you know? Uh, you know, I was, I was blessed in so many ways. God has, you know, just given me direction so early in life, you know, I'm sorry, I'm drifting, but because I just started thinking about how even in personal life with my wife, Mm-hmm. Um, to have that. that and it's something I didn't see this is something that uh Terry Lewis Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis Terry pointed it out one night we were talking it was no it was all three of us and he was saying that um you know one of your greatest blessings is that you know one, one reason that you are so successful is because you had your foundation set so early you know you know me and Pam were high school lovers mm-hmm. you know I met her senior year in high school and we've been together ever since, wow. you know? So through that college- kind of stable, and sorry to interrupt you, but that kind of stable relationship, you don't find that a lot in entertainment, you know, where it's that long lasting, that kind of longevity. Yeah. Um, and so, know. you know, and, and, and the kind of fame and success you've had, um, a lot of the times people are all like blowing in the wind. They don't have any foundation, like you said. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you've had that kind of longevity in your marriage in this industry is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, and I thank God for that, you know, again, because I do believe that it's just like Terry said, that that has a lot to do with it, that, you know, you weren't out here, you, you didn't have to be out here like me and Jam looking for a wife, you know, looking for a woman. You already had it. I mean, man, when I was in college, my God, me and Pam were married at 19 had our first child one year and two days later at 20. Wow. You know, here I am, I'm in college. I, I never stayed on campus. I, I don't know the true college life, you know? I mean, because I had my own apartment at 18, I guess, before I even started college. No, 17. Yeah, because I started college a few months before I turned 18. And, and so, you know, it was just like I had this life that was very adult before, you know, I mean, hanging out on college campus, man, I got a wife at home and a kid, <laughs> you know, it was a different thing for me, you know, and a career. Yeah. You know, to this day, I cannot remember my college graduation. Nothing, okay. nothing about it. Don't remember a thing about it. Pam remembers. I have to ask her. So who was there? Uh, your dad, your mom, me, your brother, blah, blah, blah. Michael. Like, wow, really? I don't. Now, I remember every minute of my high school graduation, but I can't remember my college graduation. And the only thing I can. Uh, account that, that I think could account for that is just smoking weed or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not expecting that. Daddy, you're silly. Sorry, gotta throw a joke in there. No, <laughs> that would that would that would explain some things. <laughs> that would explain it, right? No, the only thing that I could 
reason, the only reason I could give it is that I had so much going on in my life that it just wasn't that important to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was, again, very popular. You know, I mean, it was crazy how popular I was in Detroit. Just, I mean, you know, go having your clothes ripped off you, literally that kind of like a rock star kind of thing. You know, I mean, just, you know, they don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't chase me like they used to, Shelly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, I had a career you know, making, you know, doing the radio every night, personal appearances. I had a wife, I had a, a son. I, I just, I had this, you think about it. It's like college graduation, even though I was the first in my family to get there, which was very important to me. That's why I would never quit. I'm going to graduate because this is important to my family. So I'm going to do that. Um, but it just wasn't the first priority with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a wife and a kid and work and stuff. So, you know, it's just different for me. What I'm curious to know, what college did you go, did you go to and what did you major in? I went to the University of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to go away. I actually I wanted to go to University of Michigan, which is only 50 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was far back then. It seemed like now <laughs> it's not that far. But um it was it was also far away from me because my GPA probably wouldn't have gotten me in there. You know, I was a pretty good student. You know, I wasn't a great student. I was um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's funny. I was a better student in college than I was in high school. Uh, I think when in high school I was determined to have fun. Yeah, like my brothers. I'd hear all the stories from my older brothers about something and I was determined I was going to have more fun than they had, you know? <laughs> so I was always in trouble, you know? <laughs> really? but little trouble, you know, <laughs> not nothing to get kicked out or anything like that, but just enough to be sent to the principal's office, you know, just it's always up to no good stuff. sometimes, always up to no yeah. good, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I, I did straighten out in high school actually because of a counselor uh, who suggested I was in trouble. Had my mother up there, so we sitting there talking. He said, well, why don't you get involved in something else? Maybe, you know, I don't know what it might be, football, a chess club, or whatever it might be. So you have another reason to be here. And I took that to heart and joined the drama department. Really? And well, had the lead in the first two plays. I was, no, 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 that's that's not true. The second two. Uh, so you must have been really good. Good actor? Yeah, I was okay. Was I thought, you know, I mean, I... Well, yeah, I was really good. I was really good. As a matter of fact, I would have pursued that. But, you know, I I look at the people like Denzel and Jamie Foxx and Meryl Streep and all the attention they get. I don't want all that, you know, so that's why I didn't do all that. (laughs) You do do get all that attention, Donnie. Yeah, I don't want all that. (laughs) So what did you major in? Oh, I, uh, I majored in radio and TV. Okay, okay, okay. Which is what I was doing already. You already you know. <laughs> um, but but it was very helpful to me. I learned a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking about this on the air the other day. That I remember one specific moment that was significant to me mm-hmm. when my voice and diction uh, professor came up to me in the hall, and he walked. I had, had no idea he was there. He walked up behind me, and I I just hear him say, "So, Donnie, how come you talk like this in the hall?" <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, it was so funny, but it was a significant moment because I learned through him that who taught me voice and diction, who taught me to use my diaphragm like a singer, okay? Um, that, that has to be consistent, you know? That you have to practice. It's like hitting a backhand in tennis. You have to practice it so much that you don't know any other way to hit it. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, so that's um, that was significant to me. But it, it was also significant for this reason, Shelley, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this because so many of us, because you, you know, speak well, um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, get criticism from black folks. You know, mm -hmm. oh, you, you sound like you white or you're trying to sound white, that kind of stuff, you know, and you have to be able to. And, and I would have this conversation with when I would talk to students in schools that. You have to push past that. You know, it's not trying to speak white. It's trying to speak right, mm -hmm. you know, and that you don't have to talk like this from your throat to be cool. Yeah, You can talk from your diaphragm and still be cool. It's, if that's who you are, if you're cool, you're cool, you know. Yeah. And um, so those were significant lessons that I learned. So, you know, while I have no doubt that the experience that I had from being on air for all those years would far exceed what the benefits that college could give me. Mm -hmm. um, it's still good to have that. You know, plus it was just a cool experience because, you know, it wasn't just radio or TV. You know, I was taking, uh, you know, I took black lit classes and, you know, stuff like that where you get deep conversations with, you know, learning critical thinking and, you know, all those things. So it's not just about books in college it's, you know it, it's so much more than that yeah it, it's a lot more one of the things you know? I really loved about college was you know going to especially when I was you know I'd gone to a couple of uh, schools first U of H um, and there was a really small black community there but we were part of the black student union and I remember loving going down to the black student union and and um, just debating, you know, as you said, yeah. like the, it's the, ex the whole experience of college. I loved it because of um, the, the connections, the human connections you were making and, and the, the conversations, you know, I liked all the cerebral conversations yeah. and all of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's important, man. It's awesome. You know, I miss that. Um, to this day, I miss school. Yeah. I love school. I really did. I absolutely loved school, especially when I got to college. Uh, I mean, even in high school, it was, you know, I, um, you know, I was like, it's funny because I used to be in trouble all the time while you would see me in the principal's office. Then later in high school, it was because I was so involved. I was so engaged. You know, I was the senior class president, oh, wow. uh, student council, vice president. I was like the most powerful kid in school you know I always they didn't even ask me for a hall pass you always got a reason to be in the hall you yeah. know and uh but I love being involved in those different things but you know like I said though I wasn't that good of a student um because I I didn't learn how to study until I was in college okay you know I just I don't know I guess it just came kind of easy mm -hmm. didn't have to really apply yourself you know to me but in college Man, what an awakening. I'll never forget it. My first semester, and I had uh, one of my classes was world studies. And I had this Russian teacher who, I mean, he looked, you know, he had that big hat. I mean, he didn't have it, but he, you could just see it. It was just like, he was so Russian, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
whatever that means. I hope that's not racist, but he was so Russian. He was so black. <laughs> I, don't, I think we're okay. But um, the first test, all right, he comes in with the results and he says, um, okay, first test, you didn't do so well. We had one A, two Bs, and two Cs. Everyone else failed. Hmm. So I'm sitting there like most of the students, we're sitting there waiting to hear him say, so we're gonna mark on a class curve. And he says, today, the Blitzkrieg. He starts writing on that chalkboard. I was like, <gasps> it's like, whoa. It was such an awakening for me. It's like, no, dude, you're in college now. This is different. We ain't holding your hand, you know? I mean, even just the simple fact that I didn't have to go to, on, on any particular day if I didn't want to go. Just they ain't gonna call your mama. You know, yeah. Yeah. no, you, but that said, like, you know, we're not babysitting you here. This is serious, man. You should have seen the notebooks opening in there when he said that, like, let's go. Hmm. I ended up getting a B in the class, but I mean, I would take so many notes, you know, but it was just a great lesson. You know, I mean, you got yeah. to be serious about it. Yeah. You know? you but what were you saying? So what were you saying? I was just gonna say it was, it's just a great memory for me now. As frightening as it was in that moment, you know, all these things teach you and make you, you know, a, a part of who you become. Yeah, you know, what my one of my favorite ways to study um, in college um, because I'm such an auditory person like you. You know, I've always you know loved music, and so I would read all of my lessons into a tape and listen to them over and over. <laughs> and that's how I would huh. study huh. and and um, and uh, you know commit stuff to memory. You know, so that when I took yeah, a, yeah. when I was taking a test, I would just remember hearing it. <laughs> you know, huh. wow, that's good. That was, That's good. that was an effective way for me to study because I'm such an auditory person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I used to have to study during my show. Really? Oh, yeah. I had to. I had no choice. I mean, I was taking, uh, if you remember a couple semesters, I was taking 18 hours, you know? And I got a wife and a kid at home. And uh, so I, I, I got to the point where I could read 60 pages of a book during my show. Wow. You know? And, you know, I think back on it now, it's like, it's what I had to do. I couldn't imagine doing that now because I feel like that would be taking me away from the show. But it's what I had to do at the time. To, you know, to it's the only there. time I had, you know, I, you know, and I, I have to thank my wife. Pam got me through college. I couldn't type. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would write. I still can't. But I would write everything. And Pam typed everything for me. Aww. I mean, you guys are really a team. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh man, totally, man. I would be there asleep. I, 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 to this day, man, I just feel like I owe her so much because of that. Because, yeah. you know, here I am, I'm asleep. She might wake me up. Now, what's this word? Because she couldn't make out something. What is this? I don't know what this is. She's still typing, 3.34, 5 in the morning, trying yeah. to get my paper ready. I you know, that. that's awesome, man. And, you know, and, and to have somebody early like that, that you know is there because of you. It's not because of your success. You know, she's been with me since I was making a hundred dollars a week. <laughs> she wasn't there for no money. There was no money. Yeah. You know, it's that's just nice. You know, it's just 
Yeah. It's, and, and, and this is the coolest the video thing. Or, or on Video Soul, she was with you before all of that. All of that, man. And this is the coolest thing to me is to now see my high school sweetheart mm. in the role of grandmother. Mm. To have seen that much of someone's life is awesome. Yeah. And she's so good at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I love that. I love having uh, somebody riding shotgun with me through this journey. You know, yeah. that's, that's just cool. Yeah. Um, getting back to radio, Donnie, you know, it's so interesting to me. You know, you started your career in your hometown and you said you did that for about seven or eight years. And then yeah. Washington, D.C. came calling and you've been on air for Washington, D.C. for uh, most of your adult life. And um, and and I would have to say that, and you're on air in Washington, D.C. now, by the way, but I, I would have to say a, a talent of such magnitude. Um, I'm sure stations in huger markets wanted to hire you. Um, what made you stay in D.C.? And what, if you don't mind sharing, are some of the gigs that you passed on? Because I know other people wanted to hire you. You can't convince me nobody else wanted to hire you. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I'll just give you one. I mean, um, New York. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah. Um, but it was weird. It was weird. It was when KISS first happened and I was programming it. And um, I KISS mean, in DC. Was, yeah, okay. yeah, WKYS. And uh, we had just rocketed to the top. I mean, it was crazy. We went from 16th place to number one in nine months. I mean, just boom. Yeah. When I started programming it. And, um, <laughs> you know, um, so I got this call. I, I don't know how long after it had to be within about a year or two after that. The station had been successful for a while. Mm -hmm. And I got a call inquiring about coming to New York to program um, WKTU. And I don't know if you know that story. Oh, KTU was a yeah, KTU was a beast. I mean, they had that, that one summer they had was just legendary. Where I mean that right their eyes was kind of like the one I just expressed for my station. Mm -hmm. I mean, where that just one summer, it was like you couldn't hear anything else in New York. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was that. So that was part of what made me think this strange. Okay. Why would you want to make these changes when you are this hugely successful station? Why would you want to bring me in as the host and programmer and, you know, it didn't make sense to me. It just didn't make sense. I felt like something was wrong there. And so I passed on it, you know, because I'm like that. I always, you know, it's got to feel right. It, you know, it, it, this is something that I've used in my professional life and personal life. Something is probably the greatest gift my mother ever gave to me. Mm -hmm. And it was this. She said, baby, when the time is right, the Lord will let you know because there will be no question. Yeah. And it's true. You can, I mean, you suffer through decisions and stuff, man, that are hard, hard, but I'm telling you, I don't care what they are. At some point, that moment comes when it becomes crystal clear what you are to do. It mm -hmm. always comes. It's inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so I had too many questions. So I passed on it for that reason. Now I found out a year or so later, what it was, um, the reason was that there was a woman 
my station was owned by NBC. There was a woman in corporate who was part of the group that was buying WKTU, mm -hmm. but they could not, she could not be involved because it's conflict of interest kind of thing. She could never come forward and tell me that this was coming through her, that this was the reason. Yeah. If I'd known that, I would have gone. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah. If I'd known that, I would have gone. But, um, you know, I mean, because New York, it's like, wow, you know, that's, I don't know, you know, but but I say this too, Shelly, you know, God doesn't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. I didn't go because he didn't want me there. And had I gone, BT wouldn't have happened for me, maybe. Oh, you know? that was before Video Soul. Yeah, this is before Video okay, Soul. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, in yeah. DC is such a wonderful place. You know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not surprised you, that you're there, but I just always wonder why you um, stay there for, for the rest of your career after getting there. Because I know, again, with a talent of your magnitude, people in other places would want to hire you. And so it just, I just was curious as to why you decided to stay. And so it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, plus, you know, I've never, I never wanted to be one of those moving jocks, you know? I yeah. mean, you know, I'm, I mean, I've talked to, I remember the guy who was programming the station before me, Kiss. Um, he couldn't remember if that was his 27th or 28th station. Yeah. You know, man, I got a wife and kids. I need to know what time Andy Griffith comes on. I don't want, <laughs> be, you know, <laughs> I don't want all that movement in my life. You know, I just don't. It's not me, that's not who I am. And um, so it was important for me, you know, DC was a great place to raise my family, mm -hmm. you know, for my kids, man. So um, I have no regrets that it happened the way it did, you know, and then as luck would have it, BET happens out of here, you know, look what that, you know, and still we need to get to television. It's so amazing to me. This, you know, I was working on a book and it's like day after day, we would, would have these discussions with a woman who was helping me to write it. And, uh, and I said, God, it's like always radio stories, radio stories, radio stories. Mm -hmm. It's like this other career doesn't even exist mm -hmm. at times. But as we got to it and thought of, and really talked about it, it's like, it's pretty fascinating that when it's all said and done, that your story really is a TV story, hmm. not a radio story because of what BET represents, you know, and that you were the face of it. And, um, you know, that, I mean, it was so hugely significant for, in, in the black community, BET, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. again, radio career has been great, but that thing, man, I, you know, and, and it's funny how, you know, in anything, you just do what you do. You don't think about how it fits into history or, you know, <laughs> man, you just do your job, you know. You're not strategically, <laughs> I'm going to do this. Please, <laughs> please, you don't think about that stuff, man. And, uh, but then because we were working on this book, I was forced to talk about it and to think about it. And it's like, wow, it's pretty heavy, you know? And then you look at the things that people say about it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it, it represents an incredible piece of my life, of my career, you know? This, you know? And I started not to even do it. 
I mean, I, um, I, I've always been very protective of image. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all I have to sell. You know, I can't give you 20 rebounds a night. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't catch 13 passes. I, you know, all I am is image. Mm-hmm. So I'm very protective of it. So careful about what I get involved with. And like I said earlier, everything I do, I want it to be great. So I need to be careful. BET, when they first called me, um, you know, I looked at it and I was like, you know, I mean, BET in its infancy wasn't a very pretty baby, (laughs) you know? Um, It looked like public access TV, you know? They didn't have the money, you know? And uh, so I was very, very, very hesitant mm-hmm. uh, because of that. Because if I get involved with it, I, with it, I want it to be top shelf and it wasn't that. Um, so I thought about it for two days. And then finally, the thought that went out was this, that this is our first black television network. If you have something to offer it, you have to do it, period. Crystal clear, again. It was crystal clear, no doubt about it. Sign up, let's go. So went on to do that. And, um, you know, for me now, all these years later to, you know, to have Bob Johnson say that, you know, there were many days, I mean, I've heard him tell this story so many times uh, publicly about how there were many days that we honestly didn't think we were gonna make it. But this man carried this network on his shoulders yeah. We could not have made it without him, you know? That's awesome to me. You know, I mean, yeah. what price do you put on that? You know, to have that kind of significance to something that's significant to, uh, significant to us as a people, our first black television network, you know? That's, that's, that's huge that's to me. You were the face of, I'm telling you, uh, when we were first having our conversation, I remember saying to you, that um, you, you were one of my biggest career influences. And then you said, your reply was something like, um, if I was able to influence you, that's a blessing, that's a blessing from God for you, both you and you know me. Absolutely. And, and, and I was like, Donnie, of course you, you influence, you were like, if, I'm like, oh my God, it's such magnitude because you know, it was because of you um, that I watching you on Video Soul that I wanted to do TV way before I wanted to do radio. You know, um, you had such a big impact um, on my generation, and I remember saying to you, "I guess that's part of your charm that you don't realize that you've impacted a whole generation of people." And I posted when I first posted that I was going to be the voice of your um, your show. I was more excited about just it being your show than it being a voice or something because you impacted me so much. Wow. And then I posted it and I can't tell you how many of my Facebook friends were commenting because they, it wasn't about me. It was because I was doing your show. Wow. They were all like, Oh my God, Donnie, Donnie. People love you so much because wow. you had such an impact on our lives, you know? And so you really have to, I know that you, you try not to be, you know, you're not trying not to take internalize that stuff too much because you yeah. don't want to be egotistical, but you really have to really, take that in and accept it. And, and not only did you impact us, but you did it in such a powerful way and a positive way. Yeah, well, well, thank you, Shelly. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's, um, 
It's amazing. It's, it's, it's just mind blowing to me. Um, you know, when I hear stuff like that, you know, it's, um, and I've heard it from people that it's like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird because it's like people that I wouldn't expect. The late Stuart Scott from ESPN. Yeah. You know, Jay Harris, who's at ESPN now. Uh, um, uh, um, what's the other guy's name? I can't recall other guy's name. He's, he's a star at ESPN. But all three of them sit basically the oh, same I know thing. you're talking about um, Steve, Steve, Steve yeah, A. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> right. That have said, I mean, almost the exact same thing that you're the reason I'm in television, yep. watching you encourage. I mean, that just blows me away. You know, <laughs> I guess I'm surprised because they're in sports and not music or, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's um, again, what a blessing that is to know that you uh, impacted someone's career like that, you know, um, that's, that's very special to me. It's, um, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just thinking about how I remember when I used to, this is going back many years ago, Tony Perkins does afternoons with me now. Yeah. He's a big personality. He does, uh, television here. He's an anchor. Um, I remember I used to see him on Good Morning America as well. Yeah. He was the music, uh, the, the weatherman on Good Morning America for eight mm -hmm. years, but, uh, we worked together on radio. That was his beginning back in, I mean, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one day he asked me, he said, Donnie, why do you always invite people into the studio? You know, cause it's so distracting. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, because somebody let me distract them. Yeah. You know, and that's why I'm here, you know, because someone didn't see me as a distraction, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, I will always do that. I said, because you never know. It's, it's Al Perkins inviting me into that booth to do the specials. And I just see him. Look what that created from that moment. You think he had any idea that he was creating a career? You know, which turned out, thank God, to be a Hall of Fame career because of that chance encounter. So I will always invite people in because you just... You just don't know who you influence and the impact that it might have on them and what could become of it. You know, you just don't know. You owe that to them. Yeah. You know? So one of my Facebook friends wanted me to ask you some questions. Would you mind answering them? Okay. Oh, no, please. <laughs> uh, shout out to Keisha Gray. <laughs> hey, Keisha. <laughs> she wants to know, did you prefer um, to uh, solo host Video Soul or co-host? Wow. That is such a good question. <laughs> you go, Keisha. Well, you know what? I believe in being totally honest. So I will say this, that I love Sherry Carter, loved working with Sherry. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought the golden years of Video Soul were the solo years. Yeah. Um, that for me, it was different. Um, it just... It just was. It. Um, just like I was talking about for radio, where mm -hmm. I'm very off the cuff, and that's where I was for television. Same mm -hmm. thing. Every day I had a script. Every day I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I would, because they know, I may start, you know, you start your teleprompter, and then all of a sudden Donnie's off script that they all knew. Just go to the video, go to the, <laughs> what's the, what am I introducing? Just go there. 
And that's where I'm going. I'll get you there. Um, but once Sherry came on the show, I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, so it became very um, regimented to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, I felt like it was this real cool vibe before. Once that happened, it became like Entertainment Tonight or PM Magazine or something. It's a, you know, hi, I'm Donnie Simpson. Welcome to Video Soul. And I'm Sherry Kern. And tonight we have such and such and such. And such and such. such. Oh, yeah. I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. I, I, so that's just the intro. But then the segments we would generally, I think we did them solo. I'm, I'm not sure how it worked now. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, those, I definitely preferred the years when it was solo. It's hard to freelance with two. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard. It yeah. just is. Yeah. It just, you know, and then you're searching for that chemistry. Me and Sherry were cool. It wasn't the level of chemistry that me and Tony Perkins have on radio. Mm -hmm. Now that's, you know, so that, that's interesting because I, you know, I mean, that does work for me with two people, mm -hmm. but we just had a chemistry and, you know, and, and if there was one word that I, this is most fascinating word to me that I've found in my career, it's that one, chemistry. Yeah. That, that, that's a word that management does not understand. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. Yeah. That chemistry is, you, you can't teach it. You can't learn it. You can't give it to somebody. It just is, <laughs> you know, you either have it or you don't, you know, and, and when you have it, this is always my advice to management is when you have it, don't mess with it. Yeah. Don't mess with it. Don't tinker with it, trying to fix it, trying to make it better with it. Just let it be. You, you don't want to mess with chemistry. Yeah. You know, you just don't, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, I, I remember when we used to, I remember this is many years ago, we found out how much Ed McMahon made sitting there going, hey -o! <laughs> how hot was it, Johnny? You know, <laughs> we're like, he makes $2.2 million for doing that. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> but the thing is, if you really think it through, is that whatever the number is, that I don't care what the number is, for whatever reason, he makes that dude comfortable. Yeah. Write the check. <laughs> write the check. Just write. Because you don't want to mess with this chemistry. Johnny Carson's the king. You don't want to mess with that chemistry. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just don't. It's uh can I give you one more example? This is really, but it's it, it's um I remember when JB told me he was leaving, James Brown, the sportscaster, that okay. he was leaving, he's one of my best friends, okay. that he was leaving um fox sports to go mm -hmm. to cbs mm -hmm. and i said I, I, no I, I saw it on the news one day so i called him i said jb I, I heard this move today he said yeah i said let me tell you what happened he said okay what happened i said some suit figured that you he that he could lowball you you're in a contract you must be in a contract negotiation he felt that he could lowball you because you know really you're not that significant to the show you know i mean you got the pretty boy howie long with the square you know you, you know 
you got the coach with the white crazy hair. You got the redneck and uh, Terry Bradshaw. These characters. You got all these characters. Mm -hmm. And I said, so he thought you could lowball you that you wouldn't walk, and you did. He said, "Wow, whoa, <laughs> whoa, that's exactly what happened." I said, "I said, I know, I know how it works, man. You know that." Um, but that this is the reason I bring it up is because that's another lesson in chemistry. That JB may be the straight guy, but he's the glue, and it all works around him. These, you know, you can have all these personalities. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw is bigger than life person, but you still, but all of these parts together is what works. Yeah. You don't want to mess with that. And, you know, I mean, it's my opinion, but I think that most people would agree that that Fox pregame show has not been the same since, and neither is the CBS one. Hmm. Uh-oh. He's like, did but I do that? <laughs> that? But that's truth. Yeah. The chemistry is not the same. You know, it's just, it's just not, yeah. it's just not. So when you got it, don't mess with it. Don't even try. You know, it's like for me with radio and stuff. Like, I don't even try to understand it, Shelly. Radio and TV, you know, like I never watched me on Video Soul. I was almost embarrassed when I walk in people's houses and they would have it on. It's like, what am I doing on TV? That's weird, you know? Um, but the other thing is that I never always felt like I would be too analytical if I watched it. That I would be trying to, what, what I didn't want to fall into was trying to be perfect. I don't want it to be perfect. You know, I, I mean, I want to be great, but it doesn't have to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess I kind of said that earlier, but um, it's just a magic that is, and it exists for this moment to me. And I, you know, I don't want to understand. I'm just afraid that if I start trying to understand what I'll do, I'll mess it up. Yeah. You know, I don't want to understand. It's just magic, you know? So anyway, I hope I answered. You've been on um, air and so wildly successful with the listeners in DC because they love you just the way you are and you don't have to perfect it, whatever that means, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, but thank you for being honest with that. You know, the the question with the answer yeah. uh, was whether you yeah, heard solo or co-hosting. She also wanted to know if you'd be down for um, um, a video soul reboot, and if you didn't want to host it, if you're first of all, would you be down? I guess it's a, a two. Well, let me stop you and answer this question already. I'm already doing it. A reboot of video soul? Oh yeah. Wow. Wait, wait. It's in the works. Yes. Really now? Yes. And you're hosting it? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, is this the first time you've announced that? Uh, Do I have a scoop? No. I mean, we kind of teased it on social media. That, okay. And, yeah. and when when is it going to um, air? Well, we're, we're, we're working that out now. I mean, oh my um, God, I love we, that are, we have some folks interested and um, we're trying to work out that agreement now. Um, love, but love, love. Yeah, but I'm very, very excited about it. I, we've, we've already done six shows, as a matter of fact. Love that. Yeah. So um, because I wanted to go in with with it packaged, you know, it, this is a, a very interesting time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for me, uh, it's about owning me mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. you know, uh, all my life. I've been a hired smile. 
you know? I mean, it's just, I own it. Uh, I own Video Soul now. That's, you know, um, that's my baby. And um, so, you know, I, I just want to do something with it. And it's a very interesting time because, you know, you, you now you have so many outlets, mm-hmm. you know, that are looking for content. You know, you can even bypass that whole green lighting process that is LA and New York, you know, Mm -hmm. you take straight to the people if you want, you know, there's so many ways to get it done now. Isn't it where you can maintain control of it. And that's what that's about for me now. I I wish I had the same attitude 35, 40 years ago, Mm -hmm. but well, I shouldn't say attitude, knowledge. Yeah. You know, But, but I didn't, you know, I, I always wish, like my oldest brother was very smart and had that entrepreneurial chip mm-hmm. that I didn't have. Always wished I had it. As yeah. I said, my brother would have taken my popularity and turned it into a billion dollars, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. But, but I just didn't have that chip, you know? But well, you know, you're the creative guy. Now. You're the creative guy. Yeah, creative. I, I always say yeah. that myself, my head's always in the clouds, but I'm trying to become more entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial minded, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You do have to develop it though. But listen, if you were focused on that years ago, you may not have created the magic, you know, the, the magic. Yeah, that's true. Person yeah, no regrets. Alive, you know, but right. you know, like you said, what, what do they say? When you know better, you do better. So that's right. <laughs> so now you're but you know who's been instrumental in helping me with this? Who? Bob Johnson. Really? Yep. For those who don't Bob, know Bob Johnson, as you were saying earlier, is um, um, he's the, the creator of BET. Right, right, exactly. So and, he, and, the world's, and the world's first billionaire. Wow. First, first I'm sorry, first black billionaire. Yeah, wow. And, right. and he's someone, you know, even though, you know, you're at, a, at an age now where you wouldn't think, you know, I'm, someone's mentoring me, but he is mentoring you. Absolutely. Um, In so, business, he... Absolutely. That's my boy. That's I love that. We've been boys forever. You know, uh-huh. it's funny. Like, I never made a lot of money from doing BT, but I remember only one. I had one contract negotiation with mm-hmm. Bob. Went down to his office because, you know, BT was it was really starting to happen. And, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money. And uh, I went in and sat down with Bob. And Bob said, Donnie, we can't afford to pay you what you're worth. And I said, all right, Bob. All right, man, I see. <laughs> that was it. I left. I left. I'm telling you, it, it, how crazy is it? I just left. It, you know, but, but that speaks volumes to about, about where, that, that, that I think it's true of people in any workplace. Just want to be seen and appreciated. Yep. You know, for you to know I'm here that I make a difference, you know, that all of a sudden the money didn't even matter. You know, I mean, of course, I was making more money in radio than I ever did in television anyway. So I did have that, you know, but it it just wasn't important. And so all these years later, I still look at it that way, Mm -hmm. that that was that Bob's appreciation for what I did is more important than, than any money he could have given me, you know, because in the end, Shelly, you know, it ain't about money. You know, that's, that's really not how a score is kept. You know, and the older you get, the more you learn that. Um, because at the end, we, we all leave here with the exact same amount of money, you know. And um, so 
but but these things the influences that you talked about mm -hmm. you know the appreciation of what you did the legacy those kinds of things that's that's what matters you know your family stuff you know it's it's just stuff and i've always been like that it's just i don't as my twin brother always say, he said, I always tell people, my brother has money, but money does not have him. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And a, a lot of people would be surprised you have a twin brother, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, is my heart. Donnie's running around here? <laughs> Lonnie. Donnie and Lonnie. Donnie and Lonnie. I love when it. When you say it together, it sounds like Looney too. like Donnie and Lonnie. <laughs> It does. Hey, listen, now you're doing your production company. Maybe you can create a, an animated series, Donnie and Lonnie. Donnie and Lonnie, right. I yeah, love that's my it. heart. That's my boy. Okay, so I, I um, saw a video somewhere. You said that you don't you know, typically prepare questions and such when you uh, are getting ready to do an interview. And I don't typically, but I do have a, um, a list of 10 questions I came up with because I feel like, you know, e even though we've been getting to know you already, I feel like these questions would define you even more. So okay. uh, I'm gonna ask them, ask them to you right now. The first one is, what was your favorite toy when you were a kid, Donnie? Oh, wow. My favorite toy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Probably my Monopoly board. <laughs> <laughs> you like Monopoly? Oh, my God. I love Monopoly. You have a favorite piece that you like to go with, you know? The doll. The doll. <laughs> That's George Clinton, baby. The doll getting me. <laughs> I love, by the way, speaking of funk, I, I also saw that you said you have a, um, a Bootsy Collins um, funk card in your, in your wallet. Yes. Do you have in your wallet, wallet. Right now? Can you like pull it out and show me? Give me one sec. <laughs> okay, I love it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> also, I'm looking at your CD stand back there and I'm wondering what music you have in the CD stand. <laughs> well, you would love it. It's all SACDs, uh, super audio CDs. Oh, it didn't show? catch on, but the quality of it is so amazing. You you put on that stuff, you sound like it's like an orchestra is right here. Nice. So you see in this building. background on this card. What 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 is it now? Uh, Bootsy just gave it to me. It was a funk card. He gave it to me about 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> and uh so, so to me. You pull it out, and that means you got the funk. Oh my god, I love it. My Funk Express card. Don't leave home without it, baby. And then what did he write on the back? To Donnie. Um, now, I don't have my reading glasses on, so I can hardly read it. Uh, but he, whatever he wrote is on the back. Oh, my God. We'll have to pause it when we watch it back and, and yeah, read it. Yeah, Funk Express card. Uh, oh, you got a member. Oh, I'm member number 82, baby. <laughs> Oh man, wait a minute. Wait, we gotta read all this. You gotta read all I this. I love that you kept the card and that you keep it in your wallet. Oh, without I, doubt. Absolutely. Remember, remember since October 7th, 93. <laughs> expires only when you stop funking, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the only funk card you'll ever need. And he wrote on the back to Donnie. Carry this card at all times. <laughs> It'll keep the noses away. <laughs> We love, we funk, Bootsy. <laughs> I love, love, love. And I love that you have taken such good care of it. <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, I want line. It's right um, here in my wallet. 
my favorite Bootsy Collins song is uh, What's a Telephone Bill? Oh my God, yeah. I love that song. <laughs> I That's my man. Okay. Love Bootsy. And thanks for sharing that car with me, by the way, because I Man. saw I saw in an interview you did uh, that you said, I carry a Bootsy Collins, uh, or maybe I heard you say it on the, you know what, I heard it, um, the Donnie Simpson weekend show. I heard oh, right, you, right. you had a funk theme show and you said you had it in your wallet. I was like, oh my God, I would love to see that. So thank you for sharing it with me. My pleasure. <laughs> Okay, so the second question, what did you want to be when you were growing up? That's a dumb question. You already told me. Um, preacher and then radio. Okay, yeah. what, what's your favorite? Well, my second, I wanted to be preacher first, and then I was had interest in being a lawyer. I wanted to be a oh, trial attorney. Really? Uh, yeah, I used to watch this TV show called Judd for the Defense, and that had inspired me. But then, so that you, was short-lived. You been a defense attorney? Or? Yeah. Okay. Defense, probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, question three. Let me make sure I pull it up here. Uh, question three. What's your favorite song of all time? Oh, my God. Being the music lover that you are, I can't wait to hear what this is. Favorite song of Ooh, all baby, time? Ooh, baby, baby. Really? Mokey Robinson and the Miracles. Oh, why, why that one? Oh, my God. Because it's just great. Mm, it is um, a great song. So There's so many things about it. I mean, you know, Smokey... Smokey's my boy, first of all. One of my best friends. One of my, I mean, like a brother to me. And um, Detroit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing <laughs> from Detroit. Um, but, you know, being a kid, seeing him at the Motown Review, I mean, it was just, I mean, life never got better than that for me. Yeah. Just to be, to sit there, man, and see Smokey on the stage with the miracle. I mean, the Motown Review. It was five, maybe six shows a day with Smokey, Stevie, The Temptations, The Supremes, The Four Tops, Martha and the Vandellas, Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's, Willie Tyler and Lester. That was a, a, a ventriloquist in his dummy. Yeah. But I mean, it was just unbelievable to see something like that at 11, 12 years old. You know, I just so um, but that song in particular, you know, for a lot of reasons. One, this the conciseness mm -hmm. of it um, that represents Motown, that style of writing to me that Barry taught them all. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I mean, it's so amazing to me. Um, I did you wrong. My heart went out to play. Mm. But in the game, I lost you. What a price to pay. Oh, that's beautiful. That's I'm beautiful. crying. Ooh, baby, baby. Mistakes. I know I've made a few, but I'm only human. You've made mistakes too. I'm crying. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a whole verse. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so. Isn't it beautiful how, how, how simple those lyrics are, but how beautiful oh my God. they are at the same time? Simple yet beautiful. Yes, and it's a perfect example of less being more. Yes, yeah. You know, and uh, so it represents all that. The tenderness of Smokey. There's only one voice like that. Mm -hmm. he, he's so tender. He's, you know, and then I'm a romantic. I'm a hopeless romantic. So um, love songs like that, like Smokey. I'm telling you, the ink in his pen was just unmatched, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just unmatched. Just nobody could write like Smokey, you know? So 
Um, so all of that is in that song. I had to share this with you real quick. Um, it's my 30th anniversary here in DC on radio. So they've got a big celebration for me, you know? I mean, it, it was just, it was an incredible, they had this, this show that night, um, and all kind of people performing and stuff. And so finally they bring me on stage and um, they present me with this gift and it's a custom jukebox. Really? Okay. Which is really cool. And they have it plugged in and everything. The lights are swirling around. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's really cool. So they present it to me. So I say then, well, does it work? <laughs> and they said, yeah, it works. And it was Tony Perkins and Chris Paul. They were hosting it. Uh -huh. And uh, so, yeah, it works. I said, because you know I'm a DJ. I want to play something. <laughs> I said, yeah. Well, push a button. I push a button and ooh, baby, baby comes uh -huh. on. So I turned to the audience and I'm going, mistakes, I know I, you know, pantomiming. And they're going off. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm killing them. I turned to my right, Smokey has walked on stage. <laughs> That's why they all, it was Smokey. <laughs> it had nothing to do with me. It was called Smokey and walked on stage. <laughs> and I had no idea Aww. he was there. Had no idea. Oh man, I just, man, I grabbed Smokey and I hugged him. And then I started dancing like that. I said, wait, hold, hold, stop the song. I'm, I'm about to dance with a man. <laughs> and, it was so fun. It was the most magical moment. Um, sure. But let me tell you the rest of the story real quick because I, I, I told it at part of my induction ceremony when I was um, presented into the Hall of Fame. Um, that in writing my book, that, that this chapter will be called, or this story, mm -hmm. The Perfect Day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get up, go for my run that morning at four o'clock like I do every morning before the show. I was doing mornings then. Uh, get back at about five. The paper has been thrown, Washington Post. And there my picture is on the front page of the Washington Post. Wow. Donnie celebrates his 30th today. It's like, whoa, look at this. This is amazing. I go down to Ben's Chili Bowl, famous joint here in D.C., my favorite joint, mm -hmm. and uh, to do the show live with audience, because I wanted to share this moment with them. Yeah. We've got two, 3,000 people down there waiting for me wow. to this day, you know, do the show. That night, we go do the concert, Smokey, LL, all kind of folks there, man. It's just crazy day. Smokey, after party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, do the after party and everything, man. Then I get home at 1.45, and Pam says, don't forget to take the trash out. <laughs> I was like, perfect. That's perfect. All that's great. I mean, I appreciate it, but let's get this thing back to where it belongs. You know? <laughs> you, I know a thousand people came out and Smokey and, and LL, don't get the, a big head because you need to take this trash yeah, out. Don't get the trash out. <laughs> I love it. Bring you back yeah. to reality. <laughs> I love that. And in end, I have to say, it's so magical watching you right now talking about music because you're just, you can, you have such mm -hmm. love for it that you're just like, your eyes are twinkling and you're just, it, it's really lovely. I love music. That. 
I, yeah. It, people would be amazed at this. Like all those years I did video soul, like people always talking about, remember this video and that video? I was like, man, I don't remember it. <laughs> Cause I watched videos like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lost in the music. I. That's how I close my eyes. I don't watch the videos. I just, I just want the music. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, you're Seriously. playing videos, and, and and I'm I'm like um, in front of the TV in my mom's den, and I'm like memorizing all the choreograph choreography, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even know the dance steps. <laughs> I'm grooving, man. <laughs> Unless some of the cameramen tell me, oh man, this Gap Band video party train. Remember all the fine girls? Now you got to watch this one. <laughs> I watch that. <laughs> That's easy to watch. I knew that one. <laughs> okay, so um, I love those answers. Um, do you have a favorite artist of all time, Danny? Oh my goodness, I have so many. Um, oh man, I I'll just name a few if I I couldn't. You don't have just one. Well, I, I would have if I pick one, it would have to be very specific categories like. Uh, soul singers with beards or something you know <laughs> i can't it's hard i mean how do you pick marvin gay over stevie wonder mm. or stevie wonder over Smokey? Mm -hmm. you know um it's just aretha franklin mm. over elton john uh, you know i just it, it's it, it's impossible for me to say that but if you said like a favorite singer, you know, then probably like, wow, greatest voice I ever heard, Aretha. Good choice. Favorite singer, pop Marvin, you know, but then, you know, love the tenderness of Smokey that I talked about, but then Marvin, what just fascinates me with him. And it, it's like, and it's why Marvin is without doubt, number one, kick it in the casket artist for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I go, throw this in there. <clears throat> okay. Gotta have Marvin because of all the layering that went on with Marvin. You know, I can show you parts of songs where you know, there are five different voices. Mm -hmm. All Marvin. Mm -hmm. This is, so to me, that's something that I can study eternally. Yeah. Because to this day, and I know I will, that a thousand years from now, I'll go. I never heard that because mm. <laughs> to this day, songs I love by Marvin that I've heard for 50 years, I can listen to it today and go, wow, I never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so again, it's just hard. I mean, you know, I love so Frankie, Frankie Beverly and Mays. Oh, my God. You know, just there's so many. OK, well, what about your favorite movie of all time? The Godfather. Oh, okay. Without doubt. You or an Italian, Il Padrino. <laughs> you, you didn't even have to pause for that one. Oh, no, no, <laughs> What no. about your favorite That's my second favorite movie. Uh, second favorite movie. What's your second God favorite God movie? <laughs> <laughs> What's your third favorite movie? Uh, I ain't gonna say Godfather 3. <laughs> That'd be on the list of mo movies I will probably never watch again in my life. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm a Godfather fanatic. 
I yep. have it here in every configuration. You know, the Godfather, Godfather Two, uh, Godfather the Saga, Godfather Legacy, which is you know, two. Well, the, one of them is one and two combined with some footage that wasn't in either. Then the other one's got three thrown in, but only twenty minutes of it. Um, but I have it in Italian, Il Padrino, because I study Italian. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I've been studying for. I'm not good, but <laughs> you know, but I love Italy. I'm uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Italy. I, I love it over there. Okay. And um, so, yeah. So, so well, without that, go to Italy. I've never gone. I've always wanted to go though. As a matter of fact, when my um, first grandchild mm -hmm. was in the oven, mm -hmm. I was in Venice, oh. and I was on a boat. And uh, my the driver um, said, uh, I was telling him that I was studying Italian. So, you know, he was helping me because everybody I go with, you know, uh, just they helped me with the Italian. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, uh, yeah, my, my daughter-in-law is pregnant. Uh, how do you say grandfather? And he says, no, no. I said, no, no. He says, yeah, no, no. That's it. Yeah, no. It's like, wow, mm. that's cool. So then I get to thinking, I say, well, you know what? With my love of all things Italian, movie to Godfather, and my name, Donnie, I'm gonna have my grandkids call me Don No No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. They don't, do they? No. Is <laughs> your wife like? It didn't work. <laughs> well, what happened? My first, the baby that was born, Nora, who's now 13, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, she could say grandma. She would say grandma mm -hmm. she's, and, and get stuck on granddaddy. She would say grandma and granddaddy. Grandma, hi, grandma and granddaddy. And so finally, she just shortened it to grandy. Oh, that's cute. And that's who I am. I'm grandy. Call <laughs> you grandy? All of them. That is adorable. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, listen, maybe the uh, the great grandchildren will call you uh, Don No No. No, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna be Grandy. Grandy. And that's, that's cool though. That's cool. I, I love it, man. Just as long as you call me, I don't care. Okay, so um, favorite actor or actress? Meryl Streep. Really now? Oh, uh, Meryl Streep is the greatest. She's the greatest to ever do it. I mean, uh, you know, I have some other people I love. You know, Denzel, oh, beast. Uh, Chadwick was a beast. Um, you know, short body of work, but he was, um, oh man, just so many of them. Yeah. Um, but Meryl, you know, the, the fact that you still see her in movies all the time. Yep. is a testament to how great she is because Hollywood has a tendency to spit women out after age 30, 33, 35, you know. Yeah. Right. Where men, you know, you see Clint Eastwood get naked with some woman at 98 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's crazy, this double standard that exists there. But the fact that you still see Meryl Streep all the time is a testament to how great she is. And one day I actually met her and uh, it was when we were at uh, KISS, NBC owned it. And I walked into the studio to do the show that morning and Tony Perkins says to me, 
guess who you're going to meet today? Mm -hmm. I said, who? He says, Meryl Streep. Mm. You're kidding. He says, no, she's here on Capitol Hill to um, uh, speak on something. And uh, she's going to be on the Today Show. And they would do segments for the Today Show right there. He said, I've arranged for you to meet her. I said, oh, my God. So I'm sitting there, I'm reading the newspaper. It's 6.07 a.m. At 7.07, I realized I'm on the same paragraph. <laughs> I'm frozen. I just cannot believe that I'm going to meet Meryl Streep. I love this woman. Yeah. So when I met her, I said something to her uh, that I said, Meryl, I've told so many people this, and I'm just so honored that I get to say it to you, that your performance in Sophie's Choice is the best on film. Oh. And she went, Oh, thank you. She, it was so sincere. It meant something to her, you know? But then years later, I started thinking about it. It's like, she is a great actress. Maybe it didn't mean nothing to her. She <laughs> gets that all the time. She was just acting for you. <laughs> she she won the Academy Award for that, didn't she? Huh? Didn't she win the Academy Award? Oh, yeah. She gets, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the best performance I ever saw in my life. Yeah, that's another great choice. You have a lot, you have great taste. Uh, I was going to ask you um, what your favorite sport was, but I think that's probably golf. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Followed very closely by football. Okay, yeah. Because you were telling me yeah. on the phone that, that, you, um, that you still support the Detroit Lions. No matter what, there you go. <laughs> See my draws. <laughs> I'm all lions, baby. I'm all lions. Yeah. Okay. So uh, golf followed by football. Okay. And I think I know from one of your previous um, answers what this this um, answer is going to be. Well, at least what category it's going to be in. If your choice of your last meal of all time would be. Wow. Not all time, but you know, at the end, when you have to choose your last meal, what would it be? So is it just one item or do I get to pick a whole dish? You can do the whole dish, the whole dish. All right. It would probably be, hmm, it would be, um, first it would be lima beans. Really? Yeah. I love lima beans. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then Crowder peas. I love crowded peas. My mama's crowded peas. Some cornbread. Mm. <laughs> do, you, do you eat your cornbread sweet or uh, no. my mom made it sweet? She, she did. Yeah, I actually like it with stuff. jalapeno peppers in it. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this probably doesn't go with it, but I love lobster. Oh, um, grilled or? Grilled. Mm -hmm. Broiled. Royal. And and the way the restaurants they know when I come, it's, it's fix it for me now. You know, just when you think it's burning, leave it on there for ten more minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I like it crunchy, burnt. I don't want to. It's got to be brown. Yeah. You know, with that, with that drawn butter. Yeah. Well, I don't usually do the butter, but uh, <gasps> okay. Yeah, I just you know just trying to keep some of the fat off. So yeah, but I mean I do like it, but uh, yeah. Um, so, but I can't eat, eat it much. I bet I only eat lobster now. I used to eat it a couple times a week and now it's probably half dozen times a year because of gout. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I 
because you were talking about your love for Italy, I just assumed your um, your choice would have been an Italian dish. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you this, best meals I ever had in my life were in Italy. I'm sure, I'm sure. And I ask people here, do you like Italian? They go, yeah. I say, have you ever been to Italy? No, well, you've never had it. Because <laughs> they can't get the ingredients. I know I have friends that own restaurants here. They can't get the ingredients here that they can cook with in Italy. I mean, I remember me, my wife and my daughter, Dawn being over there. And every night I would say, this is the best meal I've ever had. Mm. And every night I would be telling the truth. Mm. It's just better and better. Any hole in the wall joint can cook. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So now, yeah. So yeah, I mean, even though I love all of that stuff, I think, you know, the crowd of peas, all that stuff, cornbread, takes me right back to taking the trash out. Yep. That's the mama. Yeah. It's back to my mama's house, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, um, down to the last two questions. The, the first one is, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Thank God for waking up in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, say a quick prayer and, um, you know, then do whatever. I mean, it's so weird because it's not like my routine could be so different because I, I get up so early. Mm -hmm. You know, most mornings I'm I'm awake by 245, 3, 3.15, something like that. A lot of people are just falling out of the club at that time and going to sleep. <laughs> I know. I know. You're I, know. I live on the opposite person. side. Of yeah, no. I, yeah. Yeah. It's from all those years of doing mornings, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to try to sleep till four, but I would never make it. Even when I was doing mornings, I, mm -hmm. I would always be up by three fifteen, ready to go. You know, I get up, I go out, run, wash my car, swim. <laughs> <laughs> I do all that before the show at six. <laughs> we already had a productive day and it's all only 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> That's right. But that, you know, I like early morning. Yeah. You know, and I like, um, and, and I try to, you know, I do get up and make sure I get my workout in, you mm -hmm. know, I don't run as much now because, you know, as you get older, knees, it's just, I don't, all that pounding on the knees, I don't yeah. need, it's not good for me, uh, but I still can't get away from it completely. So I do more walking, um, yeah. but every morning, every morning I give my body that, I owe it that. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's just, to, you know, to get it started. And I like to do it early because the, the thing is that, four and 5 a.m. never changes. <clears throat> it's always the same. If you wait till seven, things happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you get phone call, all of a sudden you're into something else, you know, it just things happen. You know, the day yeah. changes. Yeah. It never changes at four or five. <laughs> so I try to get it at that. That's so you know? true. Yeah. Because yeah. people, by the time yeah, just, you said that, five or six and seven uh, people are up and doing stuff and yeah so things yeah. change yeah yeah things change you know next thing you know you didn't even get it in because yeah. other stuff happened okay. so I try not to let that happen I do it early that's part of the discipline I learned thank you Lim Barney my, he was my uh Lim was my best friend in Detroit Lim was uh, uh he's a hall of fame cornerback for the Detroit Lions. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the original number 20, before Barry Sanders and Billy Sims. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's a bad man, but he taught me discipline. Yeah. That's, 
it's when I first started running and stuff, I was never athletic at all and uh, start messing around with limb. And that's when I started working out. Okay. And um, again, that's the, you know, the discipline we twice a day, you know, as he's getting ready for camp, you know, man, we go twice a day, nine in the morning, three in the afternoon, wow. like clockwork yeah. hour and 45 minutes each. Mm. I mean, man, I went from that summer, I went from 193 to 158, wow. cut my pants in by five and a half inches in the waist. Wow. I was in such shape. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Lim, Lim tried to talk me into uh, get to try out for the Lions. He said, you can do the hardest part. This is the hardest part to training. And man, I went out there when camp started, I went out with him and saw them refrigerators walking around there. I'm like, <laughs> man, the boys ain't never getting their hands on me. <laughs> no, this ain't for me. Yeah. But he had actually gotten a tryout for Marvin Gaye. Uh, really? I don't know if you know that, but Marvin wanted to be a football player. Marvin wanted to play for the Lions. I'd never heard that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I used to see Marvin running by my house all the time with his uh, uh, hoodie on, you know be running getting in shape and he was uh Lim had arranged for a tryout with uh then coach Rick Forsano mm -hmm. and um Lim told me that when the day came for Marvin to do this that the coach reneged that he wouldn't do it that he mm -hmm. said if something happened to you out there I could never live it down yeah you know and he said Marvin cried like a baby that day Aww. you know he was really serious about it but Lim told me he said man shoot You've been on them, that piano ever since you were seven. I've been on them football fields. That's why you do what you do and I do what I do, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but that's true. As a matter of fact, let me just tell you this one little last tidbit because it all ties together. But on the beginning of What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, it's Lim Barney and Mel Farr, who was, Mel Farr was a running back for the Lions. They both came in the same uh, pick a draft round, a uh, uh, first and second pick. Mel was first, Lim was second round pick in 1967. Wow. And that's them opening up what's going on. Yeah, hey, yeah, what's happening, brother? Really? Yeah, like solid, right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All through the song, that's them. He's, my, as a matter of fact, at one point, uh, Lim says, Yeah, sweet red, my girl. That was his wife. Oh, red. Yeah. <laughs> I love that tidbit. I love trivia. So I'm so yeah. excited to know that because I never really yeah. thought about who that was at the beginning of that song. Yeah. Now Mel is gone. Lim is still, he's still with us. Doing well. That's my boy. Yeah. Okay. So the final in the Q&A, um, what's the, what's the last thing you do before you go to bed? Fart every night. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, uh, last thing I do before I go to bed, it's, it's terrible, it's terrible. I watch a horror movie every night. Really? Every night I go to bed with blood on my pillow. Every night. Really? I love horror movies. Oh my God. My mom does that too and then she'll be scared when she, when she turns the TV off. I'm like, why are you watching it then? Well, that's when it's really good. Like the <laughs> nights I won't miss for sure is like when it's raining, there's a storm outside, everything's like, oh yeah. It's <laughs> a perfect night for a horror movie. I and love it. Let me know whether you think your opinion on this. I don't think they really know how to make horror movies anymore. I mean, the ones that really scare you, 
Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's still, but there've been some good ones out. I mean, it's like um, I, I take my um, laptop, mm-hmm. not laptop, but um, I, iPad, mm-hmm. and uh, watch on Amazon Prime. They got a slew of them. Um, so does uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. and I just go one to the next. You know, watch like every night. Wow. I watch a horror movie. Get, wow. Next day, tell Pam about it. Oh man, you should see this one. What's it called? Saint Agatha. Oh my God, these nuns were crazy, man. It's, it's like I just I love horror movies, and I think one reason I love them is because even when they're bad, mm-hmm. I you still can enjoy a horror movie. Yeah, because you laugh at them. It's like ah, it's so stupid. Why would you go and <laughs> you know? So it's that kind of fun to me. Yeah, when it's bad, it's still good because I had a good time laughing at it. And yeah. Especially now, since that is it Geico commercial. I know that the, commercial with the saw. And the, right. It's like it's so. Why don't we just get in a running car? Are you crazy? <laughs> and the murderer, he's it's like behind the chainsaw. You like these people? Right. These people. In the last line, when he says, and it's it's very faint, but I love it because he says, uh. Let's head for the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> you know my favorite part? The woman was like, why won't we go in the running car? <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. And they're like, are you yeah. stupid? <laughs> are, you, are you crazy? Right. Yeah, I love that commercial. And, and, and almost every night, well, most nights, I'll end up thinking about that commercial because it'd be something stupid that happened in one of these movies that makes me laugh. But yeah. then, you know, I say I run into a good one probably, I'd say two out of 10, two or three out of 10 times. Yeah. And I'll run into one that I really like, you know? Yeah. So, so I like that. I, I like I like horror movies. Yeah. So that's the way I go to bed every night. B- before that, I was watching Forensic Files. So again, blood on my pillow, you know? <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's just fascinating my, to me. Um, my favorite uh, Forensic Files episodes are the ones that uh, Peter Thomas narrates, the, the, the original yeah. one, because his voice is so... Haunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, right, and 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 so for you as a person who does voiceover work, you understand that that it's like when they released this new series last year. Uh-huh. I watched and I went, like, eh, mm. it's just not the same. I mean, Mr. Thomas, <laughs> right? You need his voice. Those voice make that voice makes a difference. So yeah. I, I hope you um, understand that as it relates to what you do. Yeah, you know, yeah, that. Your voice, that's why I called you to thank you for doing what you do for me. And some people may view it as a small part of it, but to me, it's an integral part. It's all part of that chemistry that yeah. exists. It's yeah. important. Every, every, well, you know, if, if you want things to be great, you have to pay attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So every piece of it should be great. Every single element. Yeah. So um, just to, you know, kind of like put it together, you know, in a a nice little package, um, you know, as I I was mentioning earlier, I am the official voice of the Donnie Simpson weekend show. Thank you very much. (laughs) I was so excited when KP told me that you chose my voice because she told me that she presented you with a few different voices that you chose mine. I was like, what? Donnie chose my voice. I mean, just knowing, you know, the influence that you've had on my media career, I was just over the moon. It didn't even matter that it was voiceover. It was Donnie chose my (laughs) voice. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking (laughs) kidding me? And then so that morning you called me 
um, KP uh, sent me a, a warning text. You know, it wasn't a warning. It wasn't foreboding. She was just like, hey, heads up. Um, I gave Donnie your number. You know, he might be calling you. And I was like, you are kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in all caps and uh, she laughed. And then so I knew you were going to call it. And I have to say that, um, you know, I, you know, Donnie, uh, what we do, we meet, you know, people all the time, famous people, celebs yeah, or whatever, all the time. I, when, when I was talking to you, Prince is my favorite artist. Um, I wasn't even that nervous when I talked to Prince, when I met Prince. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. when you called me, I was like, um, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Okay, it's, 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 it's cool, be cool, be cool. And should you let it ring once or twice? Because <laughs> I saw it was a Maryland number. So I was like, that's gotta be Dottie. And so I was like, hello? <laughs> Try to act like I wasn't like freaking out. And then so the whole time we were talking, I think we had a great conversation because you said we did. We felt like you felt like I was your new friend from the conversation. And I was like, stop it, Donnie, stop trying to make me cry. But the whole time I was on the phone with you, I was like, I was talking to you and trying to sound like I had some sense. And then I was in my head, oh my God, oh my God, I'm talking to Donnie Simpson. Oh my God. I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> the whole time I was freaking out. I was like, what is wrong with you? What is going on? Um, but it was just, I was, I think it says a lot about you though, um, the, the quality of person you are that you took the time to call me. I, I felt like, um, you know, it was my honor to, you know, be the voice of your show. You didn't have to call me and, and thank me for being the voice. And I think that that speaks to oh. what a wonderful, um, spirit you have you know it, it really uh, touched me that you felt like you wanted to call and, and say thank you to me yeah absolutely well it means something to me you know mm -hmm. uh, you know you, you didn't have to do it you know I appreciate <laughs> you doing it it's, it's it's an honor for me to have your voice on my show and uh, you. you know and I just like to thank you you know it's like I said earlier about seeing people you know I just you know, I just want you to know I see you, you know, that, uh, that, that I appreciate you, that it means something to me, that I don't take it for granted, yeah. you know, that, yeah, it just, you know, it's important to me. Yeah, and um, you are, you know, I am the voice of the Donnie Simpson Weekend Show, which is your first surprisingly syndicated show. Um, Actually, it's the second. I'd, I'd forgotten. I was doing an interview the other day and I said, oh my God, because I was talking about it. I said, no, this, I did a syndicated show before. I had a syndicated weekend show. It was called uh, Top 30 Countdown. Oh, you did a countdown. And, yep. And I don't know how many stations it was on, but it was on all, all across the country and in some other countries because I remember um, them taking bringing me over to uh, Tokyo to do it because oh. it was the number one show on weekends in Tokyo. Wow. And uh, so they brought me over to do a three hour show it treated me like a king for 10 days. I mean, mm. it's like, I'm like, dang, these people must have me confused with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, so, so I did do that. Okay. This is different for me. This is more significant because, you know, to do a countdown show is kind of you know, well, moving on the countdown this week from number 18 to number 12 is. Yeah, you know, that's kind of that regimented thing I was talking about with Video Soul mm -hmm. that I don't do so well with, you know, mm -hmm. I don't like programming. I don't like to be programmed. Yeah. I like to be free. This show is that, that it's free. 
it's me playing music, you know. I come up with themes every week that I might do, you know. We did uh, Blue Eyed Soul, did Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna do Raw Soul Singers. Uh, it could be anything. You did a Jimmy and, Jam and Terry Lewis one. That was your debut episode, which I- yep, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, right. really enjoyed it. And I forgot to tell you that I finally listened to, because you were uh, urging me to listen to the episode, the Blue-Eyed Soul episode. Loved it. And I loved that you kicked it off with David Bowie. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? It was yeah. really good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. There are so many songs that you could choose. I, I have to imagine that there were so many Blue-Eyed Soul artists that you weren't able oh, to yeah. fit in there. because, And, and I just wonder what made you, um, what, what decisions went behind you uh, playing certain songs, you know, because uh, the songs, the, the Tina Marie songs you played uh, were different than people probably would have expected. Um, and so what goes behind um, your choices in the songs? Well, it's, it's what I, I don't know. I just, it's what I feel, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> and I want the show to be a little different. What you just said, actually. Um, it's like when I played AWB. So I don't want to play... Schoolboy Crush, even though it's a great song, mm-hmm. love that song. I don't, I don't want to play Schoolboy Crush, or Cut the Cake, or whatever. So I play, but I did play one that people know. Yeah. Pick up the pieces. Yeah. But live, mm, yeah. okay, you get to hear a band jam, and AWB was a bad band. Mm-hmm. And most people I know that listen to the show have only heard the radio version of Pick Up the Pieces. They've never heard this live. Mm-hmm. So it's something different, but it's live. And if you hear it live, you're gonna love it. You know, so so to me, I try to think about that, that I want it to be something different sometimes. And you know, I, I like to step out, as I said earlier, just uh, you know, again, it ain't licking the envelope, but it's pushing it, you know. <laughs> and um, so um, yeah, so so you know, I, it's hard to say what goes into picking a song. It's just what you feel at that moment. You know, yeah. I, I could come back and do another Blue Eyed Soul six months from now. It'd be totally different from yeah. Yeah. everything we played in this one. Yeah. You know, you know, it could be totally different. Um, I, I was sitting down last night. Wow, pretty late for me till eleven, almost eleven thirty, uh, preparing. Um, because it's weird. Because for this. So this is different for me doing a syndicated show because I have to pick the music in advance Yeah. because we have to get it recorded. The music has to be pulled. It's just a different process than sitting in that studio saying, play this, play that, play this now, mm-hmm. you know? Now we still do that when I start recording the show, I still <laughs> call those audibles, <laughs> you know, I do. Um, but I try to plan for it in advance because there's so many moving parts to a syndicated show. Mm-hmm. So that's different. So I'm trying to get used to that rhythm. Um, but, but I enjoy that process sitting here last night, just going through, I, I pulled music for like two upcoming shows mm-hmm. and it was fun, man. I put on my earphones, ah, you know, let me listen to this. Wow. So it's the, okay. Yeah. Let me do this. That'll be great. All right. All right. All right, I'll move this to, I'm gonna do a show about duets. So instead of playing that one on this one, I'm gonna move this to the duet show. This is gonna be, nice. you, know, you know, I gotta tell you, Shelly, right now, it's, I'm so excited about, I was telling my son this this morning, that because it's something new for me, starting off a new year with a new show, I, I feel like I'm 16 again, hmm. you know? 
Like I'm trying to create this thing that, as you know, from what I've said earlier, that I want to be great. Yes. I want to be great. I said, so I spend, I said, DJ, I'm telling you, man, I spent probably four or five hours each week working on each show, just thinking about what I wanted to be and what would sound real cool. What can we play this different here? Because I want them to know that this is going to be different. You know, you'll still be comfortable. It'll be a lot of stuff you know, but it's going to, there'll be some different things in there too. Yeah. You know? And you know, I'm telling the you. The greatest compliment, Shelly, that people pay, pay to me, mm-hmm. fans, when they see you on the street is this. Thank you for broadening my ears. Mm. I love that one. Yeah. I yeah. love that one. You know, I think people's ears are a lot wider than programmers give them credit for. Yeah. You know, they're a lot more, a lot more open to different musics than you think. You know, nobody wants to hear the same thing all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. switch it up for them, you know? Yeah. And I'm not scared to do that. For what, for me, listening to the Donnie Simpson Weekend Show, one of the lovely things is, um, as you said, you're introducing sometimes things that, um, you know, that maybe I haven't heard. You've already, I've listened to, I've told you before, hey, I never heard that song by the Jacksons. I thought I was a Jacksons fan, you know, and you're like, yeah. And so I love the, you know, the finding out songs that I'm, thought I would have known, but I didn't. I love that. And, and, and the beauty about you doing a show like this is that nine times out of 10, you've had experiences with these artists. You know, yeah, you've yeah. either met them or you've interviewed them or you've hung out with them, you're friends with them. And so you have some inside stories on these artists that most jocks like me would not know. And it's just nice to, to hear the, and, you know, especially being someone like me who loves music and who loves to hear little tidbits that, you know, I can keep in mind for some other time, you know, and yeah. like, hey, this is what I heard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hear that when I, when I listen to your show and you just, you, there's just something about you. And I know you already know because you've you're in the Radio Hall of Fame and you've been successful in DC for as long as you have, but there's something about you that it's just, I feel like listening to you is kind of like, a, it's a masterclass, you know, as far as people, you're wow. in radio, listen to Donnie, it's a, it's a really a masterclass. And I'm not even saying that just because I'm talking to you, but it really is, it's, it's uh, your delivery and um, the fact that you are having so much fun, you know, and because people take themselves too seriously, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah. So you're having so much fun, and and then you laugh when you laugh. Oh my God, I'm laughing because you're laughing because you're laughing. It's so fun, and and then it's always interesting. You'll talk, you'll say something about politics, or you'll say something about you know your family, and you're, you're talking about experiences you've had with artists, or giving me uh, the four one one on this song that I didn't even know, like you did about the Marvin Gaye song. And so it's just a, really a master class. And then even just if you were talking about just as a listener, there's just something about your personality that just draws you in, you know? So to me, I feel like everyone should be listening to the, you know, and I know I'm not doing a commercial for you, but everyone should be listening to the Donnie Simpson weekend show. Can you um, tell everybody, I don't know if you can pull it out off the top of your head, where, where it airs. And if they don't have it, how can they listen? I mean, it's not in your town. Yeah. See, I'm not so good at promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Rick Chill, my producer, will tell you that. <laughs> I know um, it's Cincinnati. Um, yeah, Cincinnati, um, Richmond, I think. <laughs> um, 
Well, I'll tell you this. You'll love this because I was going to tell you this once we finish that uh, we just picked up this week Houston and Dallas. At KMJQ or where in Houston? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know the well, market. Like you know, you know, I'm from Houston. So that oh, is, is that right? Yeah. And my family will be super excited to hear this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, wow. Uh, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Nice. Um, so some very good markets. And uh, yeah. so I'm excited about it. And uh, if it's not, I know you can, I don't know how you can listen to it if you don't have You know it. how I've been listening to it because it's not on air here yet. My Magic DC app? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, exactly. It's not on air here in San Diego yet, but, you know, they can go to the app, like you said, or, you know, because your station, your home station is WMMJ in, uh, in Magic in uh, DC. And so yeah. I go to Magic's website and I just press listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's one way to do it. I need and, to talk to my uh, yeah. social media manager. Maybe there are ways we can put it up on my platform. Yes, so. exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Don't know. So yeah. uh, it's a really great show, and I'm so excited to be a part of it in, in the small way that I am. So it's really good. It's, you're, it's a major way that you are, <laughs> and, and I thank you for it. I thank you. And we're going to have some fun, I'm telling you. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're all going to enjoy this ride. Yeah. It's going to be great. Donnie, I can't let you go without asking you about your green eyes because people keep telling me to ask you about them. So <laughs> they're like, I'm like, what do you guys, do you have Contact all lenses. green contacts? <laughs> you know, and I was like, hey guys, I'm interviewing Donnie. You know, you want me to ask him something? They're like, tell him about the green eyes. My, my sister even said that. She was like, tell him, because I have, I, did you say you have all brothers? Because I heard you talking about brothers, brothers. No, I have, well, there were five boys, one girl. Wow, you have a big family. Well, I have uh, I have one brother. He's the oldest, and three sisters. And my sister was like, "When you interview Donnie tomorrow, is there a way you can have me on the on the Zoom and I can just?" <laughs> I was like, "No, no, this is an interview." She's like, well, That's funny. "All three of us sisters used to watch video sold and look at those green eyes." So say hi to my sister yes. Alpha. 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 A L T H A. Hi, Alpha. How are you, baby? <laughs> and my other, <laughs> my other sister Trina. Hey, Trina. <laughs> They're going to be so excited. Oh, my God. Man, um, that's awesome. Did you, get Man, your, did you get your green eyes from your mom or your dad? or My, my mom's side of the family. She has uh, a set of twin sisters okay. that okay. have them. Twins run the family. And that's where we got them. Okay. Uh, and it was three of six kids. Three of us got them. Three of us didn't. Whoa. Yep. Uh, and my twin brother didn't. But uh, me and my two older brothers okay. had the same eyes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I wouldn't have been doing my job if I didn't get the, the, the 411 on the green eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it has oh. been my pleasure um, having this conversation with you, Donnie. Um, Man, it's been my pleasure. I've been, yeah. enjoyed talking to you from, from the time I met you when I called you a week or two ago. You know, oh, no, I'm awesome. in touch with you. I am officially adopting you as my mentor, my radio uh, and TV mentor. So be prepared for that. All right. Any, um, <laughs> any assistance, any assistance I can give you, I will. <laughs> Thank you. But, but be forewarned, as Rick says, Rick tells everybody, don't listen to him. He'll get you fired. <laughs> you <know? laughs> this program like you ain't Donnie. <laughs> You can take Donnie's advice, but you ain't Donnie. <laughs> so it does come with that warning. <laughs>
Is there anything else you want to um, let everyone know about? Maybe social media or anything like that? Anything that's important to you? <laughs> yeah, we've covered it. I mean, you know, I'm, I am on social media with uh, Facebook and I don't know how to do that stuff. Instagram and I, I have a social media manager that handles that for me. I mean, I write stuff, but I get her to post it. <laughs> okay. Because I, I don't, you know. Yeah, I'm just so if I reply to you, hey, Donnie, I agree you're not getting that. <laughs> no, I, no, I, you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's cool. It's great that you had that connection, but um, I don't know. It's not it's like just, being on the radio. I don't, I don't always want to be so connected, you know, it's just. Oh, I understand that. I completely yeah. understand that. And then sometimes you look at the platforms and it's just like, I don't know. You know, I, I've been lucky. Mine, it seems like is, uh, you know, if people come, it's a place of love, you know, it's not gotcha kind of stuff, you know, um, but so much of social media is that. And I guess that's what, I guess that's what you think that my reaction to is I kind of turn off from it because I don't like all that stuff. You know, it's some of it can be just so negative. If people, hide behind fake names to become bullies mm -hmm. you know yeah. real punk stuff like that that uh i don't have much respect for so yeah. you know but i've been blessed that mine seems to be a place of positivity yeah and i appreciate people for that because that's yeah. the energy you put out there it's coming back at you you know yeah right yeah well we always got to be that yeah, well, honey, I know you have a show to, to do today, so I'm not going to keep you. <laughs> Man, please, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've enjoyed it immensely. Yeah, thank you for um, for sitting down to do this with me, taking time out of your, your busy day. I am super excited. I got to interview one of my inspirations. <laughs> Thank you so much. And then, oh, man, my pleasure. Give Alpha and Trina, is it? Yes. Oh, my God, you have a good memory. Yeah. Alpha and Trina. And, Give and, them my and, love. And um, special shout out to my brother, Stacy as well, just in case he watches. <laughs> What's up, Stacey? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Donnie. Okay, thank you, baby. God bless you. You too. God bless you too. Have a wonderful rest of the day and a great show. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, baby. Take care. Bye. And there you have it, my conversation with the great Donnie Simpson. Isn't he amazing? That's kind of an understatement, but he is. <laughs> and I'm so appreciative that he took the time to, uh, you know, to sit with me for a conversation for the episode. Again, you can watch the video of that um, uh, conversation on my YouTube channel, um, which is also called All the Rage with Shelly Wade. Subscribe to that while you're there. Here's where else you can find me on uh, social media. I'm on Instagram at the one and only Shelly Wade. I'm on Twitter at Shelly Shelly Wade, Shelly spelled with an E-Y. I am on Facebook at All the Rage with Shelly Wade, like that. And bookmark my ShellyWade.com blog and check back regularly. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe to my All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. By the way, the next episode, which drops uh, next Tuesday, features Lenny Williams. You remember him? Ah, ah, I love you, baby, with all my heart and soul uh oh uh oh uh oh <laughs> don't you love
love singing along to that. We talked to Lenny about that song and what it's meant to his career and uh, so much more. He's got some amazing stories to tell as well. And that's on the next episode of the All the Rage with Shelly Wade podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that episode or any of the other ones. And uh, thanks to my college buddy, Jolando Johnson, for supplying the All the Rage with Shelly Wade theme music. If you got a podcast or you're thinking about launching one, maybe Jolando can uh, do the theme music for your podcast. Be sure to follow him on Facebook at Jolando Johnson Music. I'll talk to you next time. Love you for listening. Mwah.